1979, the first issue of Fangoria was released into the world, and it's been over 40 years, and they are better than ever. Each issue bringing you 100 pages of exclusive, carefully curated content honoring horror's past, present, and future. These articles and interviews will never be published online, so the only way to read them is by getting your hands on a physical, collectible copy of your own. We can't give anything away because we want the experience to be a surprise, but we can safely say that you do not want to miss a single page. So head on over to Fangoria.com to learn more and to subscribe. And while you're over there, make sure to enter the promo code KINGCAST to save 25% off your annual subscription. With all that said, on with the show. Hi. My name is Stephen King. The ice! He's gonna break! Red rum! Red rum! Sir! I'm gonna see a dead body. Well, sometimes, that is better. Hello, and welcome back to the KingCast on the Fangoria Podcast Network. My name's Scott Wampler. And I'm Eric Vespi. And we are your hosts. This is our final episode of the year, gang. We have We have made it through another one. 2022. Vespi, how do you feel very quickly in summation after 2022? Give me three words, top three words to describe your year. Oh, three words. Okay. Um, oh, I've already used my words. I've already used up my words. Three uh, words. Okay. On. Three words. Okay. <laughs> to end this year, we wanted to do something special. And one thing we have not done in quite some time was have Mr. Matt Fraction, who you all know from his previous appearances on the show, where uh, he's been working his way through the Dark Tower series with us, in addition to the work he's done on Invincible Iron Man, X-Men, Hawkeye, Casanova, Sex Criminals, a bunch of comic books. This guy knows his shit, and he certainly knows his Dark Tower stuff. He has returned triumphantly to take on the next book in the Dark Tower series, which is, of course, book four, Wizard and Glass. And the fact that we're able to do this so soon after the announcement that Mike Flanagan will be uh, tackling this series, for some as yet to be determined, streamer i'm sure they're already talking to him about it whoever it is is just a cherry on top of this sunday please welcome back to the kingcast stage mr matt fraction everybody hey hi hello how you doing Hanging uh, in there? i'm very tired i'm very yes. very tired that's kind it of the has... feeling of the year isn't it hmm. just being like oh has... i just need a break it's yeah, the first no, year it's... in recent memory where like shit seems to like the world's just like all right we're everything's back to normal you know what I mean? I mean, and it's not bit. normal. It's a new normal. But you know what I mean? It was just like... I mean, I got it, COVID it, twice this year. So it's not... I'm maybe. not saying it's over. I'm just saying that, like, we as a society apparently have just determined that, all right, work is on. Like, a lot of companies are demanding that all the work from home people come back into the office. You know what I mean? It's just, it just feels like everything's on fast forward to me this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels about right. Is that know, I got to uh, say, the COVIDness of it... Uh, look, I just got done shooting this TV show and like last week, we had, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we wrapped in Vancouver on Friday of God. last week. Um, there's still a little, there's still a little more shooting. I actually, they, here's the thing. I mentioned what I was doing once in a newsletter that didn't reveal anything that hadn't been in any of the press releases. And I got an email about it. Like, uh, we know, uh, we know what you're up to, but what you're saying is you're not allowed to talk about it on the air. Well, I, well, like, I mean, 
it's out there. I can. I just, I forget. I just don't know. I just don't want to get another email. I just don't want to get another email. <laughs> but, uh, so there was a television show. It's coming to Apple TV plus exclamation mm-hmm. point asterisk dollar sign. Right there, I'm going to get an email. Please <laughs> don't refer to our network partner by a name that is not their name. <laughs> But that's an email I'm going to get. But that's you know what that's 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 worth it. Oh, it's worth it for you guys. Look at the emails. Uh, but yeah, it's just you know it's a, a set in the legendary studios monsterverse of you know uh, Godzilla and the Titans and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, no, we, we just just it was the last six months. Well, you know, this were the first six months of the year we're writing on it, and and then um, the second six months we're, we're shooting from from June till like last Friday. I lived in Vancouver. God damn. And various sundry places around the world. Uh, That's the uh, whole season though, right? Yeah. 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 No, How just the ep- pilot. How many episodes? Just, just the pilot. Um, <laughs> My Kubrick style I shooting. I think <laughs> I can say, again, because this is information that is out there through other sources, 10 episodes. Okay. Please uh, don't anyone get mad that in trouble. They've announced, well, they've announced who the directors are for episodes one through ten. It's at least ten episodes. Let me put it like that. Yeah. They've announced directors <laughs> for ten episodes. So let me say it is certainly no less than ten. <laughs> uh, unless they announce ten directors and like eight of them are working on one episode. Could be well, a two, that, two episode season. We don't know. Who knows, right? I guess yeah, maybe yeah. that could be a thing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, the Wachowskis uh, but, found six more siblings. <laughs> oh my god oh there's so many wachowskis you guys <laughs> they keep making them it's uh, like a fucking wes anderson movie there's just there's just they're everywhere oh my god there's so many wachowskis the royal wachowskis question. have they announced who's in this show yet yes okay because mm-hmm. i remember hearing that a while back and not remembering if i read it in a press release or something i, I heard I, off I the record you guys heard it uh, oh, that's right. You guys told you I like I I mean, I knew what it was, but mm-hmm. like you guys knew what was up <laughs> before. Yeah. yeah. Which which yeah. I want to ask it's how not because I give a shit about the, the leaks or anything, but just because like I'm fascinated to know how you guys knew. Uh, and, oh. and there's there's a particular thing you guys knew that I need you to keep to yourselves. Yes, of course. We uh, haven't I haven't said shit. We in the you course said to of me, but yes, yes, you are, you are. Yes. Well, I mean, you you're, are we we talk to uh, our guests about what they're working on. We don't right, necessarily right. what share what they're working on with other guests, but we hear a lot from sure, other no, guests who maybe they are more forthcoming with what mm. they've heard. Right, and right. you know, the same thing happened with the Dark Tower thing, which you know we we were sitting How on that. How great inform- is that? How crazy is that? Yes, let's. I I think in fact that should be kind of the starting place of this conversation because I'm right. very curious to to hear what you made of this announcement. Um, I mean, I think like we're in this kind of magic age where like canceled doesn't mean canceled, and over doesn't necessarily mean over. Whether it's something like I thought like. Uh, like Twin Peaks, the return was, I mean, first of all, like the David Lynch, like doubled his career output <laughs> right. in a single mm-hmm. project is astonishing. But like, like the Twin Peaks or like Deadwood, you know, uh, uh, coming with such a lovely kind of game, we're getting more justified. You would think, oh man, that movie didn't do so good. They had a lot of big plans and then it came out of a movie and nothing happened. Okay. Uh, give it a minute. And then we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, 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 then we'll try it again. You know, uh, I'm so psyched. I'm so, and I, and I can't think of someone better like it's oh oh they've hired a zealot 
<laughs> right. <laughs> like, like it's like you hired a guy who's showing up at work with the bomb strapped to his chest. Like he's that right. Like I can't imagine. <laughs> right. I, I'm so psyched. I'm, I, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what happens where where it goes. Uh, especially as like, I guess we're just going to jump into it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is such a weird book, and I got to confess too. I did a manic speed read of this. So I'm going to be a little sketchy here and there, probably. I, I beg oh, your pardon. That's all right. The flip side is the minute I finished, all I wanted to do was start it over. Mm. Uh, uh, which I think would have been true had I had just read, sort of read it at a, at, a, at a normal pace. Okay, so the n- next book is like the 4.5, right? Like it was written well, like after, right? Like the next book was kind of written after the ending, right? It was a... Uh, yes, that so went through the keyhole. If you're talk- went, yeah. went through the keyhole as like a bonus adventure or whatever. Right. Right. But but so there's something about this book being the middle book mm. that just like structurally was super fascinating to me. Right. Like, like it, almost it, the, ex- the exact midpoint of the series. Yeah. But and like but like if you had like made a Rorschach, uh, like if you had folded the story in half, you know, it has this kind of weird, it, it kind of starts how it ends. And it also ends like the last book. Mm-hmm. It's also a story within a story. You know, it's just, it's, I feel like I'm going to have a better understanding of this book when I read the next three. Mm. I don't know. That's, that's an interesting question. Yeah. If that's, if that's the case, before we yeah. go on, I want to point out that uh, as is tradition, on these episodes with Matt, we will only be discussing the dark tower up to the point that we are discussing today. In other words, we will not be getting into any spoilers for books five, six, seven, or win through the keyhole or little sisters of Illyria. If anyone hasn't read that yet, I don't know why the fuck it would come up, but this, this should be safe. If you have only read up through right. wi- uh, wizard and glass, if you have, not as read I that have far, this is only as far as I have read the sort of the challenge being, yes. this is my first kind of contact with the full story. And so yeah. you guys are mercifully yeah. uh, letting me uh, dummy my way through it, which is fascinating by the way, just like this is one of my favorite little kind of experiments that the yeah. show has, has done. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like, you know, find somebody who's obviously the target audience for a book like uh, or a book series like the dark tower uh, and getting kind of like these real time updates as you're going through yeah, them. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's definitely some of the stuff I look forward to the most. So I really, Thank you for doing it, and thank you for for the speed read to make sure that we uh, we can fit you in here by the end of the yeah. year. To I mean, it's a it's a it's a joy. Note. It's a total joy. This is this is the book that, as a writer, I have the most questions about. Mm. You know, the, everything's getting real meta, and and <laughs> I, I think oh, it's oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I know the one. I know the big punchline, but you know, yeah. Um, so like that really is you know the sort of story within a story, and then the the, the this is sort of. The, the Wizard of Oz stuff, and it's also interesting to me too that like I know that there's his car accident happens after this book, mm-hmm. and then he writes five, six, and seven pretty congruently. Yeah, after this one came out, there was another break. You know, right? Uh, there was the accident. There was which you know. I think that the impression that some people got, and I'm not sure if this is true, but I'm willing to bet it is that once he got in that accident when he when he got hit by the man that. You know, there was more of a sense of a ticking clock, perhaps, sure, than sure. there had been before. And he was like, I better finish this fucking thing. I mean, I've read, a, sto- I re- I read a, a thing King wrote once. I think it's probably in one of the afterwords of one of the Dark Tower books, or maybe it was in an interview, but he was talking about 
receiving a letter from someone on death row or <laughs> or maybe it was somebody with a terminal illness that only had a couple right. months to live begging him to just tell him how or tell them how the series ended and uh i can imagine the pressure on something like that being already astronomically high but then you when you factor in the fact that you almost died of course you're gonna be like holy shit okay maybe i should focus on this this thing that absolutely needs to be brought in for a landing versus a number of other projects i might be juggling um, and he, George R. R. Martin approach is what you're saying, right? Oh, right. Clownish, <laughs> clownish. That's my the thing. um the you know in the afterward of this he he talks about it was writing this book is where he realized that he described it as like the Jupiter of his solar of his solar system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the, the, oh, this is this is the book that all the other books are about. So this is the most important mm-hmm. thing I'm writing. True. So I think not only I within think the series, but within his whole body of work, you can. Oh write. yeah. Yeah, and I think this one too. Like, I mean, I'd have to sit down and look at a time. I mean, we talked about this thing on the last one. I would love to see like a map of what were you writing when, Steve? You know, like sure, <laughs> right? Like, how, what, 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 but like, I think he's kind of at his full powers, and then and then I think he kind of after the accident, I think this is even a, uh, another kind of iteration of him as a writer, but like this is sort of it's the most literary of yeah. the book so far. Yes, yes, um, I'm with you. It's the one that really doesn't just go into the quote fantasy unquote of it all, but like it's it's a love story. It's a romance, a tragedy. It's a it's a tragic love story. It's Romeo and Juliet with guns, and and it's written beautifully it's written with all of his kind of you know it's like he's he it just i don't know there's there's something so wonderful about the writing that you're like oh right this is what makes him so good right this is this is that and then to think that oh no wait the next three are going to be even more so because he'll have this whatever his kind of well awakening was after i I guess we'll see i'll find out (laughs) yeah i mean as a writer chronologically the stuff he's written that i have found most compelling Ah, uh, yeah, I get compelling, but also just like like the the, the prosody is, is is of a certain way. I don't know. I don't know. I like the. I get. I don't know how to like. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, words are hard, and writing is dumb, <laughs> and I shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. And um, you just uh, you just. It's like the most. It's like the most. It's, it's it's like the most adult. It's like the, you know, like we talked about. You know, it, oh, part of this book was written when he was twenty two. He talks right. about that in the afterwards. They're like, oh, right. this scene was written when I was 22. Oh, right, and then right. this scene was written when I was 48. Mm-hmm. And and there's, you know, eight hours between the two scenes. And there was my entire life, between, you know, as so it's the weirdness of, of that. So, like, this is, like, the end of all the kid stuff. This is the end of, you know. Right. He is a, you know, Stephen King is a fully formed thought at this point. And, and you know, every time I think something like that. Did you guys read, uh, uh, was it Billy Summers? Was that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even, the, and even like, all right, so it's not like he's out of tricks, right? It's not like. Uh, uh, no, I uh, think I think he's gotten better, honestly. Yes. Yes. You know, and I, I especially think that in the last decade or so that he's I think if you would ask me a decade ago, I would have told you that the 80s represented him probably at the height of his powers, mm, right. with the exception of a few key 90s novels. Um, right. The early 2000s, I think, were a little rough. Um, yeah, the post accidents output is, is it's very, uh, it's, it's hit or miss. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, in the last decade or so, he is just absolutely on fucking fire. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm I'm so impressed with the with the work he's doing now. And this is just that's just usually not how this works. Right. You know, any any uh, artist and, and that that's a wide umbrella when I use that word um, that, that you might love or, you know, cherish their work. What you tend to see is over time, like a gradual kind of, uh, I guess, slipping of the talents might be the best way of putting it, because I don't think that even even the creators who in the back, like in the tail end of their career kind of fizzle out like there's there's always still something buried in that work that mm. that is still worth recommending, you know, even if it doesn't reach the heights of of that artist's uh, previous work. And I really honestly believe that King has only gotten better. I think he had a weird up and down area there in the early 2000s. But I think that he got through it and focused efforts and has really just hit a stride. And and to, and to your point about Wizard and Glass, I think that my favorite of the Dark Tower books is um, I, I've said this a million times, so pardon my redundancy to the, the constant listeners, but um Drawing of the Three or Wastelands, one of those two, depending on the day, is my favorite. But this one, I think, is the best written in the entire series. He sells it. He has a voice that's still his own, but it's not the same voice that was doing Under the Dome or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? I think I think right. it's a... It's a you know, like, that's the thing about Billy Summers is like... I think part of the thing about that, you know, artists kind of uh, fizzling in, in, in late age is like a lot of them don't push themselves anymore. Mm. Right. Um, well, they don't, don't have to, you know, yeah, right. Sure. Sure. And it's hard, right. Pushing yourself is hard. Um, so it's, it's, I, I love it when grandmasters get crazy and experimental as yeah, they get older, totally. right. They're fearless and they're not doing anything for anyone other than themselves and the craft, right? Like that, they're mm-hmm. sharing it with us is, is a bonus, but it's not about, uh, it's not about the audience. It's not about, appeal it's all it's all about them and the work and i like i think there's such a trick there's two tricks in billy summers that i don't think king could have done before now but i think you can see Hmm. the guy who's going to do billy summers shows up in this book Hmm. go please elaborate on that um well so so, so spoilers with billy summers it becomes clear that different people are writing that story as that story goes. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's subtle at one point. It's, it's a plot point at one, in one moment, but it it becomes clear that there are three characters narrating (laughs) (laughs) all of them trying though, to sound like the same character. And it's a deft little trick. It's, it's without being stylistically flashy or stunty, but it's a subtle and I remember reading it thinking, oh, my God, he's not writing it anymore. Wait, do you mean? Again, I'll, I'll say it again. Matt, Matt just said it, but I'm going to say it again for anyone listening. Spoilers for Bill, Billy Summers. Fast forward a couple of minutes if yeah. uh, you haven't read that one already. Yeah. I'm assuming you're talking about the uh, the when we realize that she is writing the text. Yes. Right? Yes. Our, yes. And, and I took this literally while reading the book that <laughs> she only comes in there at the very end. Do you think she comes in prior to that? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. You're breaking my brain. Please go on. Well, I mean, I, I think I'd have to have the book in front of me to point it out. But yeah, no, okay. I think you can see where she picks up the writing. 
yeah. of the story. I I didn't know. Well, I'm a I'm a dummy, right? So I only knew it once it was told to me, right? And then within that chapter, then I would then I would know. But if if it comes in prior to the that point, that is something that I wouldn't have picked up on, and it is yeah. possible that that makes me want to reread the fucking book now. <laughs> I, I think like a lot of King's books, it would have been better had it just ended with the chapters she writes hmm. rather than having yes. it been explained. I think that would have been quiet and haunting and all that, but like, it's fine. But like, Oh, just to, to tell that this, there's dumb voice, Billy, there's Billy and there's her and that you can yeah. tell where she takes over. And it's not because suddenly everybody speaks differently. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a subtle little English teacher kind of trick and like, mm. oh, fuck. It's so wonder. It's so, it makes it so much sadder, right? It makes it so much uh, more enjoyable. And it just kind of, now you have, an, now you have two unreliable narrators, right? <laughs> right. Um, God, uh, God damn it. I which is it. great. I love yeah, it when you yeah. come on this fucking show, man. You're, but you're, I think, you could, oh. I think, I mean, in retrospect, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, I'm I'm fascinated and now I want to go back and read it. But like, I also feel that you are a world class writer. I can write, but I feel like I can write better than the average person. You know, you're probably picking up on things I would never in a million years pick up on. And now that you put incepted this idea into my head, now I want to go back and see if I can, you know, catch the exact moment that you're talking about um, right right uh you well, said there were two, the question you becomes does she does she you know was she rewriting the whole time yeah if she did she drop little pieces throughout the whole thing was she editing right. her own you know what i mean right uh, right uh, was she editing through it I and mean, that that's 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 fascinating attack. that's fucking fascinating though maybe that attack was more brutal than what was in the book right maybe she was i don't know Maybe, maybe it just, it's just a, fa it's just a fun, like, oh fuck, this is so much more than a book about a hitman doing one last job. Right. Which is right. again, his fucking audacity. This is the same audacity. <laughs> 112263, right? It's yeah, like, right. Right. All right. I'm either going to save JFK or kill Hitler. Like, all right, we're saving JFK. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. um, um, it's just that like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to write the hitman one, one last job. Well, you, you uh, said, you said up front, there were two tricks is that that's one of them, right? Yeah, yeah. What's the other one? Um, well, this is just being the um, toggling between dumb voice and sort of getting the dumb oh, voice see. version of the story, and then Billy's kind of telling us, "Well, that's not really really happened," but I'm, you know what I mean. So just that right. sort of that first trick of of the the veiled truth of right. Billy and dumb voice Billy. Yeah, where he um, thinks he's being observed, so he has to write mm, it as right. the character that he's right. or the persona that he's presenting to his bosses yeah. because he part of uh how he has survived this long is he's played very good literally at what he does, but dumb. also very dumb you know and easily quote-unquote manipulated when he's the one actually manipulating everybody around him yeah and yeah. and then he'll do a thing so he'll write we'll get a chapter in the, what he calls his dumb voice but then billy will tell us well this happened but it wasn't like this and i did this and it was that and right i right. figured someone could someone could do some searching and find that part was true, but they wouldn't know about this. So, and I'm not going to tell anybody this story because that's mine and he doesn't mm. deserve to know that, but I, this is what I'm, I'm telling you, you know, so like we are Billy's kind of constant reader, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, well, um, I just like to add they, they he also does something really wonderful. And I know this we're not going to focus fully on Billy Summers, but he does something really wonderful here uh, as well, where you can see Billy in the writing, Billy falling in love with writing. Yes. Right. That's, and yes. Like, yes. And so like where he becomes proud of his work and you can tell there there is a shift between, you know, uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and do this where it becomes kind of therapeutic for him because he's telling an autobiographical story. And right. And, uh, you know, just him like actually being proud of it and re- recognizing that he's making some sort of therapeutic progress with it, you know, and then uh, realizing he has to go back and change it because he wrote too well. Right. Oh, Billy wouldn't say that. Oh, shit. I've done it. Oh, no. yeah. Like, it's great. It's great. It is a guy falling in love with writing and the act of writing. And it's a it's a book about craft. Yeah. Which <laughs> makes me wonder, because that, that's one that's supposed to be adapted. And like how, that that to me is is like the the big juicy red meat of that book and what makes it such a fun read. Like, and how the fuck do you do that in a movie, you know, or right. a TV series or however the fuck they're going to do it? You know, it's yeah. Weird. Um, but should we go back to you know what you do Dust? is you get you yeah. get Matt Damon to play Billy Summers and right. you get um, uh, the Matt Damon puppet from Team America. Fucking, no, no, no. Uh, Matt, uh, uh, Je- no, Jesse Plemons. You get Jesse Plemons <laughs> to play. <laughs> Jesse Plemons is dumb voice, Billy. <laughs> and everybody breaks camera and everybody. Yeah, no, it's it's like a cross between American Splendor oh, and Adaptation. Fuck. But it's Matt Damon <laughs> and Meth Damon together. <laughs> Holy my friend, shit. my friend, my friend Chris uh, named him Meth Damon uh, during uh, <laughs> during Breaking Bad, and he'll never right. not be Meth Damon to me. But I have to yes. always remember. No, no, it's Jesse Plemons. It's Jesse Plemons. We are um, going to move on to Wizard and Glass, but I oh, do but have. Is, the I point have, is, I think you can see though that the way that the Katet kind of bookends are written versus the way Roland tells the story in the middle. Yeah. There's a shift in the prosody and a shift in the writing. Oh, for sure. It, it becomes it, it becomes more than a story than a story. It's a book within a book. It's somebody Ro- telling a Roland's, story. Yeah, yeah, Roland's writing one, and King is writing the other, and it's just like, oh wow, that's a. I think a part of how it, why it works right is is it's not like watching a western trying to be a fantasy mm-hmm. novel. It's, right. It's, this part's a western, and this part's a fantasy novel, or whatever. Right. Like it's it's just such a. And it's still de- dealing like all of his themes are kind of there. Like mm-hmm. it's like I said, the sort of Rorschach blot, like folded in half, like isn't how they beat Blaine. Is that not the ritual of Jude? Right. Yeah. A, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to get, we're going to beat each other with jokes. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you with dirty jokes. Yeah. Right. Like it's that sort of, the sort of echoes of that stuff. There's the, the, and yeah, I just, the, the, it is functionally the same ending as um, Wastelands. Yes. Right? Where there's a TikTok man and mm. and Martin in a weird room and, you know, the, 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 the uh, Oi uh, is, is crucial in saving the day and Jake, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind yeah. of this weird echo of the ending, that kind of ending set piece of Wastelands uh, or uh, uh, that, that's uh, in, under Lud, right? Yep. Um, the TikTok man comes back. Mm-hmm. All, oh man, I just I just got so many questions. <laughs> well, maybe we should start with the with the yeah the 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 riddling and starting with the cliffhanger and because last time we talked to you when you discovered 
you know, discovered when you had finished Wastelands. That book ends with like, all right, all of our heroes are on a speeding train that uh, says it's right. going to kill them uh, unless they can beat beat him at this riddle game. Like, what what's going to happen? And you know, we Scott and I had many many years to go. Like, what the fuck could this possibly be? And I can't imagine one the pressure as a writer to like have that set up and know you have to fucking deliver on it by the way. Um, and it's not just the setup. Like I, I love that. Um, my favorite thing about it. And, uh, I meant to reread this before, uh, before your chat. And I only made it, uh, into, um, the meet cute with Roland and, uh, and, uh, Susan, uh, mm-hmm. that that's as far as I've gone in my reread, but I have, Oh, and he's like walking like her back into town and shit. Yeah. 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 And then, well, oh, she, if she yeah. says like, if he says, thank you, Sai, one more time, I'm going to, I can't remember what the line is. She's some great line about if he says, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess it was a little bit after that because I, I, I stopped at, I think the end of that chapter is her like rubbing one out <laughs> to the thought of Roland. Um, so I got to, to her. Oh, wait, there's, one there's, out. there's, there's more after that. What do you mean? I got it. Oh, oh, yeah, you, oh, that's where <laughs> that's you finished? Where I that's where I, yeah. That's where I, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I that is it. very much like the end of the wastelands as, as oh, you were oh, mentioning. Oh. And oil <laughs> no, is meant. crucial somehow to that. Okay, we're we're in a weird spot here, and I need to roll that back. Um, <laughs> no, but um, you, but you know that that whole riddling thing was was very fresh on my mind, and something that that uh, I don't know if I picked up on on previous readings was just how deft it was. Where Jake is given, uh, he has two books in this, right? He has the riddle right. book. And he has the the Charlie the Choo Choo, right? Um, or he has read it or whatever. Like, and of those two books that he got, you assume the riddle book is the one that is the the you know the ace in the hole, right? But it it really is the other one. The don't ask silly questions, you know. Yeah. Uh, quote is really how they beat Blaine. Um, and I, I just think that's fucking smart as hell because like it's totally set up to be like the Gollum Bilbo you know riddles in the dark you know, moment. Yeah. And, and as much fun as that is, and I still remember a lot of those, those riddles and the answers to those riddles just from reading that, you know, in my, my youth, you know, but that's not really, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, how they beat him. So maybe I'm, I feel like I'm rambling now, but I, maybe you can tell us how you, uh, reacted to that opening, the kind of the cold opening of, of the book and the, the re- resolution of the cliffhanger. I'll admit I had some trouble. Like it was a little bit of a slog. Um, mm. I think in part because it felt like old business, which is interesting too. Then this, this book is very similar. Like, Oh, I remember we talked about this last time of how weird it is that instead of ending with them getting on the train, it ends with this cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, and this is a very similar kind of circumstance in this is like, Oh, because this is all one book. Now. Yeah. Like there's that's it's that's uh, that that was on that was on me for thinking that these were separate books. He's really considering this one giant novel, and there's no, the books are almost arbitrary at this point, right? Um, I mean, I, I loved the the kind of the big voice, small voice. I loved w- watching how the kind of group all works together. I mean, anytime Eddie displays competence, I enjoy it. Uh huh. Um, I mean, he's it's just. Uh, uh, and to see him becoming, you know, I shoot bullets with my mind, like, like that kind of, to see Eddie become not just the um, comic relief, but kind of right. uh, his own kind of gunslinger is super great. But Jake remains like a completely compelling and wonderful character to me. And and yeah, no, I think I think the the 
that the answer wasn't in the secret riddle book of, of weird mystery, but right. the other, you know, like it was, it was great. And, and, but it, it, uh, not my favorite of the set pieces. I got to confess. Um, Interesting. Uh, whether it was the all caps, but, but I also enjoyed like, Oh, this is, this is it. This is the ritual. This is, we're going to, mm. we're going to lock tongues and, and, and I'm going to break you with dirty jokes is a, mm. uh, 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 something I quite enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we're going to, we're going to play the dozens and the first one to laugh loses. There's a prisoner episode called the general. And there's a, there's like a great big, Oh, I love the I love the prisoner, and thank you so much for <laughs> for mentioning the prisoner. No one ever fucking talks about the prisoner. Thank just you, just me, man, just me all the time. But like oh, he, he, like we'll he, have he, a prisoner like, he cast. Breaks, <laughs> he, he breaks. Uh, it's, it, there's a great one called a degree absolute. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's really. Terrific. I had no um, idea. I will absolutely look into that. That is my shit so much. Yeah. Anyway, um, go on. And at, 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 this, at this point, they're just doing movies. Uh, uh, Patrick McGowan appeared in. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's really really funny. But yeah, but it's, it's Glenn Weldon. I don't know if you know Glenn, but it's it's, it's Glenn Weldon. Anyway, uh, so it's a general. It's a supercomputer, and the prisoner breaks it by asking it the question, "Why?" Yeah. And it's just ah, the computer blows up. It can't handle it. Um, so the idea of 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 breaking a supercomputer by making it answer dumb jokes uh, uh, is, is pretty great. It's a, 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 I enjoyed that twist of, uh, and that, and that Blaine is so insulted. It's great. It's a really the crudity of their methodology. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's just so, Oh, this is, uh, uh, yeah. And, and the more and more vulgar the reels and the jokes get, the better. Um, and then, you know, and I actually like, I lived in Topeka mm. uh, for a while and I was sort of at my my most, you know, Fangoria and Gorezone, uh, uh, black boxes on a Friday night kind of horror freak. You know, I think I was 12 or 13, you know, like I was prime. It was prime Stephen King time. Right. Uh, but I remember Ga- there's a Gage Boulevard uh, in Topeka. <laughs> uh, that, 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 but I remember it, it always kind of giving me the willies because Gage from, from Pet Cemetery. Um, uh, as a kid, I just remember always getting a little shiver on Gage Boulevard, but yeah, but then that the, the crew is walking down Gage Boulevard, um, uh, post plane, I, I found a delightful little bit of verisimilitude. Right. Before we get too much further into this, I want to ask yeah. you a question. Eric and I have already told our personal stories on this a million times over the, on the show. So we don't need to do that again. But what I'm curious about is. Between Wastelands and Wizard and Glass was a six-year break. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how you think you would have felt. Like, you you could go from Wastelands directly to Wizard and Glass. No problem. You know, those books are already available. Uh, I understand you were busy, so maybe you didn't get to it as soon as you wanted to, but that was under your control. Right. I'm right. curious how you think you might have felt if you had to wait six years for the resolution to the ending of the wasteland, <laughs> which is something I broke King's balls about directly when he came on our show. Uh, look, it, like, have you waited comics. longer for a resolution on another piece of entertainment ever? Yeah. Um, like I even, mean, uh, even if were you a Sopranos viewer? Yeah, sure. Okay. So if you were watching that when it came out, there was a point where there was almost two years in between yeah. seasons of The Sopranos, which was excruciating. So this I is remember there's a big long break. There's a big long break in a couple of between 
some of the Mad Men seasons. Yeah, Game um, of Thrones as well had like a year and a half, two year break. Right, but six, um, the better half, of, the better portion of a decade. Do you think that you would have been no frustrated? Do you think you would have been moved no, to write no, a letter? I think, could you though, no, no, God, no. I know a but lot like, of people I, that were moved to write a letter. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't think that's like look, dude, serve no wine before it's time. You know, I've never. <laughs> Fair enough. I've, I've, uh, 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 it's, it's never been a thing that, look, it'll happen when it happens, right? And if it doesn't, there's a reason. I, I would rather it not happen. It's not like I'm thinking, oh, he's dicking around. He's Stephen King. He's written 9,000 other pages in those six years. It's not like he's not doing anything, you know? Yeah, and um, maybe, what the fuck also, am I talking I, I mean, about? My, my How long has it been since the last uh, Game of Thrones book? I don't read those, oh. so... Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that was more than six years. I feel like oh, it's definitely been more than six years. I think people. people I don't think that shit's ever getting finished. Honestly, yeah, no. I mean, the, I think the books that that were he was up to when Game of Thrones started as a as a series on HBO is still where it is now. I think he yes. released something, but it ended up being like a a parallel story, not a sequel or something. I, I might be talking on my ass. We'll get angry letters on this because I, I also haven't read the books, but. Uh, uh, but you know, just based on what I picked up through osmosis, it's like people, I remember when that, whatever it came out, people were like, well, okay. At least we have something, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just not, it's not a thing. Uh, look, maybe that's why I'm qualified to work in comics or something, but like, it's not, it's never been a thing <laughs> that I've felt, you know, I mean, I, I read Charles Burns's black hole issue to issue. And I think that mm. took like 13 years or no. uh, Jason Lutz's Berlin was something similar, you know, sort of it, 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 it happens when it happens and, and I'll, I'll wait for it, you know? Um, I, and I hope that it, it gets done and done well and done fair enough quickly, fair you enough. know what I mean? Rather than just producing, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I don't want to disparage anyone's hard work, but the sort of the last series, the kind of book series I was in the, the, it was a, you know, a, a trilogy that really needed to be, like, you know, four or five books, because that last book felt like it's it outlines. You know what I mean? It stopped being kind of novels right. and started just being like this happened. Pop, 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 pop. You know, and it felt like right. oh, this, this, this feels like something that was written to complete a con. It doesn't have the you know, it was a, it was a letdown because it, right. it stopped being a novel. It just started being about answering all these questions. Right? But you know, I also remember. I mean, I had. That that Michael Whelan, I think it was Michael Whelan, did the illustrated the hardcover of Wastelands, and I remember how that that was a long time. I had the paperback of Drawing of the Three, and then the Wasteland. Ned Dameron did did Wastelands. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Thank you. I don't remember how long of a gap that was, but it was, it was, it was maybe it wasn't as maybe it was only three or four years. But I don't know. I mean, I think I, look, I'm 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 especially when it's <laughs> how many pages it is altogether, but like it is his magnum opus it's going to take time, right? It's going to, well, I mean, you're uh, also, can can I just say you're also approaching it from whether or not you didn't get to just go right from wastelands into wizard and glass. You, you knew you had the entire complete story in front of you done, you know, owned on your shelf. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think that that, that part of what, what Scott and I went through was the fact that, he could have he could have just very well not have finished the series, you know, sure, when when we sure. were reading and, you know, and and I've mentioned this before, but, you know, and I feel a little guilty about it because I'm, I'm taking the humanity out of my, you know, kind of hero worship of this author. 
But like when he got hit by the van and was in critical condition, like my first thought wasn't his poor family, his poor kids. You know, I hope he's okay. He must be in a lot of pain. It was fuck, you know, I'm never going to know what happens at the end of the dark tower. Like, (laughs) you know, and, and it's, you know, I feel, I I do legit feel, you know, guilt about that. I don't feel good about feeling that, but if I'm going to be honest, that, that was my initial response to, to reading about that and reading about his accident. And, you know, so I don't know. There is a little bit of a difference whether, whether or not you've gotten to it yet versus, you know, it's not even written and who knows if it will be. I don't know. It's just a thing that I've never had. Right. I mean, I, I like the weight. I like the anticipation and, and you know, and, and, and rereading everything before the new one comes out. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. Yeah. A, 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 um, but, you know, I would also posit that he couldn't have written the books before the car accident fair which is going to be interesting this is a conversation that i you know i'm desperate to have with you when we get to the end of the 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 tower series because you you we talked a little bit about how wizard and glass is like mature king right this is this this book has weight to it in the way the other ones don't and that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's you know that necessarily makes it better but when you read this especially at post Blaine and you know, they, they defeat the evil monorail. Um, and real, by the way, I, I, we don't have to go off on this, but one thing that stood out to me as a detail in this, this recent reread was, uh, was, I don't know if I ever caught it before, but Blaine like in his death throes and as his brain is cooking, like, it's like little brain. You hear little Blaine. You hear him saying a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of you know, kind of like Hal dying in two thousand one, yeah. right? Where he's just, it's just all, it's like dementia train. But one of the last things he says is Patricia, which is the name of the companion monorail, the the quote whatever would have been his version of a wife, and and like for whatever reason that struck me as like as very lonely. Like yeah. that, he, this wow. was a lonely being that you know whatever this intelligence was, and in his dying moments, the one of the last things that jumps into you know his his mind to utter is you know the name of quote unquote the dead wife. You know, I don't know. I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, wow, thought, but but I think you, I don't. I think that this is the the king that could write Lisi's story. This is the king that could write yes, Bag of Bones, right? for sure. And and of this era specifically, you know, yeah, it it is, it is King who is looking, looking at especially his female characters and and giving them a weight that maybe they haven't had before. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to get hit with a lot of people, you know, who will show point at his very first novel. Carrie is is a very even if he wouldn't think so, like, you know, I, we've talked to so many people, you know, uh, and Kusama, I think pointed this out on our very first episode we did on Carrie was just how accurate and well-written and nuanced and, you know, uh, complicated that Carrie is as a character. And that was not typical for female characters, especially in genre. Um, so I know that the, he has examples of good female characters, you know, obviously, but it definitely feels like this is the era where that's where his focus was. You know, this is this is the era of he wrote this in the era of like Rose Matter and mm-hmm. Dolores Claiborne. And, you know, like this is the kick mm-hmm. he was on in this in this like 90s era when he wrote this book. And I think at, at because of that, and you know, Susan as a character is so much more her own person. And I love the fact that when we meet her, when she's visiting Rhea of the coups and, you know, she gets humiliated and violated. She still, 
you you understand who this person is and within one scene you understand why Roland falls in love with her. Yeah, yeah before yeah. they even met meet like you just for whatever reason you you instantly feel that Susan and Roland are cut from the same cloth. Yeah, right? it's big big uh, big Bev energy. Yes. Well good <laughs> no, another perfect perfect thing. Um but uh yeah I mean just to your point no, you she's, know, great. Your, she's great. She's great. Yeah, so, and the conversation I want to have with you afterwards is like especially once you read the next 3 books um because this is very much a demarcation line in my <laughs> mind is Wizard and Glass and like I, I love the entirety of the series and I love everything about every or not everything, but I love, I love uh, a lot of things about uh, uh, the, the later three books, but this is definitely, you know, the, there is a dividing line that happens after wizard and glass and before the next three, where there's just something different about them. They're, yeah. they're not, not bad, not in a bad way. They're more complicated. They're more confusing a little bit, but they are, you know, I, I, I'm curious when the thing, the reason why I'm going, I'm rambling here is because you told me, you know, that the king of this time is the, per, this is the perfect time for him to have written this. And I'm, you know, in my mind wondering if King had just decided to to run through the whole series in this era, like how different that would be. And that's a conversation that we can't have, obviously, until you read the right. the next three. But, uh, but, I, but I, that I, I, remind, remind me when we, when we get to the end of the series. Uh, what was the gap between this one and Wolves? This is then he has a car accident. It's like five or six years again, right? Yeah, it was the early maybe it's not six years, but it's 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 a chunk, and then but then it's yeah. boom, 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 right? So I wonder. Yeah, I was like again one of those. I mean, I don't know, maybe a question for uh, uh, Robin. Uh, uh, who's he? What's it? But like Firth. Yeah. Firth. Thank you. Uh, how much was written? Did he go back and rewrite? Did the car accident implore him to now? The next eight thousand words you're gonna eight thousand pages you're gonna write are gonna be the end of Dark Tower. I don't know, like I, I'm I'm I would love. It was to another hear... six years. I just looked it up. It was November ninety seven when Wizard and Glass came out. In November two thousand three. Yeah. When so, okay, Wolves so that was the out. accident recovery and yeah. you know kind of restoration, and then we're off to the races. Yeah, yeah. all right. I I love just the symbolism of you are now on a runaway train. Right. You can't get off. Like we're going somewhere different. Think about how far away this book is from the entirety of the first book. Mm. Getting here, getting to this place was the was the plan. And I think Susan's an incredible character. Period. There's no other. Like just just you you love her the minute you meet her, and she, it's just a classic fucking king hero, right? You love yeah. her. You understand why Roland loves her. Uh, she's amazing. But then the world and the, the politics, like it's not for all of his talk of like, oh, I was inspired by Lord of the Rings or whatever. Like, like guess the kind of great idea of, of Midworld and the thing he uses is a little bit of everything. But, you know, the right. kind of the melange of realities and, and even just the like, okay, so this is a Topeka destroyed by Captain Trips, but is it the captain? Is it the Topeka of the stand or is it another, like in the extended right. King literary multiverse, like is that Topeka from stand uh, from the stand uh, prime or is that like an off, you know what I mean? Like just that right. kind of like, fuck what? Oh my God. This is amazing. I don't even know. Hmm. Um, um, and I love that flag showed up. I love, I mean, of course he would. Of course I knew, right. but like, I just loved that. Like, yeah, no, it's Martin. It's all flag. It all comes back to flag. I love that. And yeah, 
again, hey, man versus machine, we get that again, right? That from whether it's Blaine, it's it's that kind of uh, 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 theme in uh, uh, in all the King's work, right? right? Machines destroying people, and whether it's the good man's uh, secret machines, and and you know, and the, oh God, I'm just spewing out of the top of my head now. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like. But like at the end, like the, the punchline being, oh yeah, we only stopped the fall of Gilead by like twenty months, right? Fuck all that, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, how do you like? I'd have ended a book with that, <laughs> yeah. And it's not even. And there's still more. Like it's just such a tragic. All of that, that and everything, and everything else that follows with Roland. But like, oh yeah, it only it only put it off like twenty months. It's just yeah. a fucking beautiful piece of work. Did we? I forget. Did we talk about how I'm kind of like Lord of the Rings allergic or Game of Thrones allergic? Like, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that came up prior because I'm I'm the same way. Yeah, but so like, all right, we got like magic glowing glass baubles and shit like that. Like, I could feel my, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's starting right. to get a little squirmy, but like, I'm in. I'm fucking in. <laughs> yeah, like he pulled it off. It's I don't know if it's the lack of elves or what but but to even really get into this kind of it's a fantasy world it's not like any other fantasy world i can think of you know it's it's such a great idea and reinvention of what fantasy is or can be well it's not just fantasy is it yeah yeah you know it's it's fantasy but it's also got guns in it it's also got (laughs) horror in it you know there's sci-fi there's portals to other dimensions there's you know um there's stuff oh, in the next this three true? books this, that I can't does, tell you. Um, does, does fucking Father Callan from Salem's Lot come back? I don't know. Books? How can yeah, you do? No, Fuck I don't know me. that. You gotta just you know. So should type. I re? Should here's just just asking for a friend. Would you recommend rereading Salem's Lot before uh, moving on to Wolves? <sighs> I don't think you need to. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. You've read Salem's Lot, right? It's been a while, but yeah. You you understand who Father Callahan is and who he played in that story and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that you He's know. Such I'm a, not, I'm such not a saying small, small that Father Callahan shows up in Wolves of the Kala. Just to be clear, I mean that's that sounds like a rumor to me that you heard. Uh-huh. So we're gonna put a yellow light. We're gonna put a yellow light on that one. Yeah, but <laughs> if if he were to return to the series or you know make an appearance in the series, um, first of all, that would have drastic implications for what this thing is and also um i don't think you would need to read reread salem's lot first in fact all the context you would need which would be context that isn't actually in salem's lot might be provided at a later date yeah all right okay father callahan such a small small part of of salem's lot right anyway you know and as long as you remember that he kind of faced off against the the master and his faith wasn't up to snuff. Theoretically, should be all you need to remember about the character. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, that's good. Cool. Cool. Good. All right. Still flashing yellow <laughs> on that rumor. Proceed with caution. Here at the uh, nearly hour mark, I think we should pause for just a second. And uh, Matt, if you don't mind, um, walking us through the general plot of Wizard and Glass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, okay. Um, we meet the gang, uh, catch up with the gang where they are trapped on a psychotic sentient schizoid train that is racing at a thousand miles an hour towards the end of its line in Topeka, Kansas. 
uh, where uh, it is going to commit suicide by not stopping unless mm-hmm. they can stump it with a riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they all take turns and they all fail in various uh, ways. Uh, uh, it reveals their uh, uh, the Katet's characters in various ways, mm-hmm. how they respond to failing, how they respond to blame the monorail taunting them. Uh, and then good old Eddie, good old Eddie Dean, um, and, and, and Jake. And that's, that's fun watching the kind of big brother, little brother of the two of them grow and develop throughout this book is kind of sweet. Um, realizes that, um, um, his kind of, uh, sweet spot of dad jokes slash dirty jokes are just the kind of riddle that Blaine hates. <laughs> Blaine hates silliness and he hates wasting time. And Eddie eventually torments the thing to death with uh, dirty dad jokes, basically. Yeah. Um, um, you know, why did the dead baby cross the road? Uh, because it was stapled to the chicken and things like that, uh, of that nature. And uh, Blaine <laughs> dies. Of that nature. <laughs> you know, and that ilk. Um, the gang find themselves outside of Topeka, Kansas, but it's somehow no longer in Midworld, or it's a where they're along what's called a finny, which boy, I hate. Um, but it's like a, a kind of rift between realities. So they're not quite where they're supposed to be anymore. Mm. They're not quite in the gunslingers world. They're kind of between worlds and they, they're, they're on I 70 um, uh, walking into Topeka. Somehow it is not the, not the, not the, not they're not, they're, they don't know where they're kind of between worlds now. Yes. Um, 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 and there they are, are in, fact in the world of the stand. A, a world of the stand or a world where a yes, stand like yes. event has occurred. Um, and there's a, a growing uh, sense in Roland that to really be one with his katet to really uh, uh, <laughs> ride the wind of ka, uh, he needs to um, tell them this story of kind of who he is and how he came to be right um and, and it's, it's not a thing he... just a uh, real quick to interrupt you like he specific uh, he tells them he's like we do we need to do we need to hear the story to continue on the quest for the tower and they go mm, or no we, they ask him that and and he says no i think i just need to tell it like you don't need to hear it but i need to tell it Right. which I felt right. found super fascinating. I know that it sounds like a small thing, but considering but that, considering that Roland up to this point has been such a stone face and, you know, with little glimpses of emotion, you get some glimpses of his backstory. You get, you know, a little bit of his humor. He's got an odd sense of humor, but he's been kind of like the stern father for this group. And mm-hmm. this is the book where he really gets his like, Oh, this is a really complicated character that deserves to be shouldering this massive series you know he's he's heartbreaking and heartbroken and and he has to tell them this story because he is not really a part of the group until he does and the only way they'll remain on the on the path of the beam is if he tells them this right he's this is a thing he has to do for him, right? And and yeah. and part of that is because part of the story he tells is his first content, right? Yeah. Is his kind of uh, a childhood cohort of besties, um, and and it's part of the reason he's been resisting giving himself over to this other one. And 
as Roland tells them this story, we kind of take a 600 page detour (laughs) or really it's, it's a book within a book, right? There's suddenly we're in another book. Roland and his, 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 his guys, uh, Cuthbert and Alan, Elaine, Alan, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're all gunslingers. This is after, help me with the chronology. Is this before or after he finds his mother and Martin? This is after. So, so, so what, his father yeah. sends him. His father sends him away uh, uh, with his friends uh, in in service of of, of Gilead. Um, there's a guy uh, marshaling forces, and they are sent to um, May uh, uh, Magus. Yeah, Magus. Right. Yeah. I, 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 knew, I couldn't not hear it as Mexico. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, made us a, a sort of neighboring kingdom where there's a, a insurgency a brewing and they are there to kind of um, surveil uh, what this, this guy is. How, yeah. How deep is he rolling and what, what weapons is he marshalling? But and while Roland is there, he encounters um, a young woman named Susan who is the betrothed of the mayor of this, uh, I don't know, district whatever the fuck and yeah. it's his concubine they fall in love all hell breaks loose <laughs> yeah there's witches there's, there's cowboy witches, there's, posses there's there's there's, there's, yeah. there's fallen uh, 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 fallen gunslingers um it's a classic like sergio leone it's like um it's got a lot of uh um fistful of dollars mm to yes. it you know yes. the, uh, it's got a lot of his full of dollars there's there's a lot of kind of palace intrigue there's there's this kind of uh uh merlin's tangerine is this kind of like um glass grapefruit orb, but close grapefruit yeah. grapefruit whatever it is yeah right yeah um that that allows people to see the future but it has a very this is my favorite part of all the magic kafufery mm-hmm. and that's a word i just made up kafufery is that not it. only does it show you the future, but it only shows you the future that'll hurt you. Mm, yeah, yeah. It it's not a. It, it's like everything about the magic that are in the, 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 the part of these kind of thirteen artifacts will harm you. Like right. like not not oh it's harmful. Not like oh it's gonna it's it's gonna turn dipshit into golem like that. But like no no <laughs> it's gonna only show you the parts of the future that's gonna that, that'll hurt you. <laughs> like. Like magic is mean. Mm-hmm. It's so great. I don't even want to spoil it, but like it's, <laughs> that's what it, we're here to do. Baby. I know, I know. It, it, um, everything goes wrong, and Roland's love is uh, burned alive. And uh, Char Utri, yeah, yeah. They get back to Gilly, and that's the other thing too. Is like, I'm again, I'm spring all over the place is we don't even get the end of that cut that necessarily, but we're told right. it's coming. Yeah. Um, that whatever happened to Cuthbert and whatever happened to Bert and, and Alan is, is bad. Uh, and Roland didn't come in, but all of this kind of climaxes. He's, he's lost the woman he loves. He's returned with the, the, the intelligence trying to stop the, 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 the battle that's, that's coming. He's 14 when it happens. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is fucking crazy by the way. Oh my god! That that was a detail that, like, when I read it in my early twenties, I was like, okay, like whatever. But now, as a forty-year-old man, I'm sitting here going, 
14 like my my oldest nephew is older than that now you know? yeah my son my son just turned 15 and like Fuck, oh my yeah. god i made a hash of the mages stuff but man like i said i immediately wanted to go back and reread it yeah uh, it's very much this a kind of story that like it's answering so many questions about roland as a character and uh-huh. but it's not it's not doing it in ways where it's like and here's all the answers it's like every answer comes with two more questions and yeah. and it really does expand the world in a way that the previous books don't and then that's even saying you know acknowledging that the previous books are like you know some of my favorite and i'm like scott we're two two or three on whatever day is is my favorite i think growing up you know i would have said uh wastelands was my favorite of the of, of those that were out you know that's got you know giant bears and and mm-hmm. gas stations and shit that they're coming across you know it's like they that that is such a huge world and this one just expands it even more yeah every so. everything you love about wasteland is like turned up to 10 in yeah. this it's bigger, it's weirder, it's sadder, it's richer, it's exciting. Like, like I, it's also, like, he's just so fucking supernaturally good at action. You know, like, just the clarity. Like, he writes like a film editor. Right. You're never lost. And, and there's a lot of elaborate kind of, like, trickery. And, like, we're going we're gonna to trick him through the eye hole and they're going to fall back here. Like, it's a pretty elaborate trap the (laughs) Roland and the gang spring. And like, at no point are you like, wait, what, who's the, what and the where maybe like a bodily sense of rhythm and timing and space, the way he writes. It's so terrific. And then naturally talented in that area. Almost. It's, it's crazy. But like I said, like John Farson, the quote, good man, close quote. The fuck does that mean? (laughs) I don't know. It just sounds good. Like you said, every question, every answer comes with two more questions. And those questions are just like, it's like a dream. You know what I mean? It's the kind of thing in a dream. It makes total sense. And then you hear it and you wake up, you're like, what the fuck was that? Right? Like, but, oh, it's just, if there's something really dreamlike in the fantasy world that he makes that like, I can't believe how into it I got, you know, mm-hmm. like, especially cause like I said, this is the one where like, this is the, the one where like my allergies would act up. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> like, it really, it really didn't. And I think so much of that is because that, love story and those characters are so compelling and it's such a different Roland not unrecognizable you know there's something like fascinating like I think probably this probably is in the first book where like Roland's not smart and he'll say like I'm not smart yeah Right, I, I'm, I think his dad very, even says that in the confrontation scene. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you're I not, know you're not, not the smartest kid, but you should have been smarter than to let Martin try to get you killed by you demanding to earn your guns early. Yeah, right, right. And just and like and just and that that is its own kind of burden. Right. Like oh, I'm not yeah. smart, but I'm really determined. <laughs> right. And I'm really fast. Boy, and just talk about like little details. You know, like saying Pamela, the um, yeah. the little bird skull on the saddle. Right. <laughs> like it was such Look a weird out. detail. Yeah. When, when, when the witch, uh, uh, Rhea of the coos is, is looking at the thing and she sees them coming and she is one of the details. I think that she sees like, Oh, is this bird skull on the, on the knob of the saddle? Right. Oh, you know, and it's like, Oh, okay. That's a, but like even that becomes a thing later on. Right. It, there's like no, nothing's thrown away. There's no bit of business that isn't later used. It uses the whole deer, right?
Welcome to the mid-roll ad read. Vespi mm. here to tell you all about Mubi. That's right. M-U-B-I Mubi. This is a curated streaming service dedicated to elevating great cinema. From iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there is always something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected. It's like your own personal film festival streaming anytime, anywhere. Now, there's a couple of things, and if you've heard this read before, you'll know the titles I'm going to bring up to you. One <clears> I have to talk about because... It is an inspiration for a well-known King series. King adapted a Lars von Trier series called The Kingdom into his own. He called it The Kingdom Hospital. Very clever, that Stephen King. He added a whole extra word there. And uh, if you've never seen The Kingdom, you should probably fix that. And you can do that on Mubi. Not only that, but Lars von Trier is finishing up the series. And you can watch all the new episodes of the brand new season of The Kingdom Exodus as they drop. The other movie I want to tell you about is none other than Park Chan-wook's decision to leave, which I saw at Fantastic Fest. Did you? you I think I've asked you this before. You didn't see it at Fantastic Fest, did I you? have not seen the new uh, Park Chan-wook, but I am a fan. Well, and well, now you got to sign up to Movie Baby and get you some some of this delicious decision to leave action going on. Oh, I will. I will look into it. I uh, I need something to watch. Well, I can tell you how to get thirty days free at Movie.com, and you can do that by going to Movie M U B I dot com slash Fangoria. Sign up, and you get thirty whole days free to watch whatever you want to watch, and then decide if you want to keep the service. Very exciting stuff. Love it. Is that the end of your ad read? That is the end of my ad Okay, read. <laughs> then I've got one for you. Uh, we here at the KingCast are huge collectors. Uh, pop culture memorabilia. I think uh, Eric and I both collect different things, but <laughs> that, that statement is true. That's why we need you all to check out the creations made by Escapes Action Figure Displays on Etsy. This shop has a major selection of movie and action figure accessories, from damaged skulls to light-up kryptonite, from Pennywise to the Terminator, from Batman to Bane. You have to see for yourself what this shop has to offer. Folks, Do you have a Batman or a Superman action figure? Are they just packed away in a storage container or kicked under the bed by a child? Don't do that to Batman. Secure (laughs) his fate as the overseer of justice with the Batman rooftop action figure display. You have a copy of The Shining all alone on the shelf? Add the red rum door to add character to your library. The Pennywise in the sewer is also nothing to chuckle at. I don't know why I lapsed into that voice, but it seemed right. It did. It it feels right. I think you should use it more often, actually. See all these items and more, including costumes and digital art at Etsy.com backslash shop backslash skates figures. Or you can search for action figure displays on Etsy, your number one place for customer made items. Once again, that is Etsy.com backslash shop backslash S-C-A-P-E-S figures. Perfect. I think we should probably get back to this rollicking discussion about Wizard and Glass. What do you think? Yes, please. There are a number of characters here that I'd like to walk you through and just get your reaction to them. Um, I I guess I'll go in order of importance. Hmm. Um, First of all, uh, the big coffin hunters. Uh, this is <laughs> such a great little team of dudes. You know, yeah. they're all scummy and fucking you'll, you'll want to see them get their just desserts all along. But like, first of all, the name Big Coffin Hunters just kills <laughs> like good yeah. Lord. That's it it, it. it it sounds like an Alex Cox movie. <laughs> it sounds like a Rick Ross song. It's fucking so good. Um, what did you make of these people? Jonas, DePape, the boys. I mean, DePape. De Pape. That's just what a name. Uh, 
I mean, there's something fascinating about like, or so if like, well, like the affiliation is kind of like the round table. Mm-hmm. Right. So like this kind of fallen affiliation, this kind of, I mean, they're, they're, they're just tremendous King villains yeah, and they're not even the big bads. Right. They're, they're the sub boss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're the, they're the, they're the fucking bully uh, from it. Uh, yes, exactly. That. <laughs> you know what I mean? Monstrous, nightmarish, not the not the main attraction. You know, I believe um, that in Glenn Mazzara's version of the uh, the pilot that he shot for Amazon when they uh-huh. were monkeying around with the idea of doing a Dark Tower series, I believe it was. Um, God damn it, Vespi! What's the fucking guy's name that played Jonas? Uh, it is, uh, fucking Merle from walking dead. Yeah. Uh, I can't Yondu. summon his name. Michael Rooker. Michael. Michael oh. Rooker. Yeah. What do you think of that casting? That's pretty great. As, yeah, as Jonas. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, as Jonas. As, as Jonas. Oh, yeah. Oh, he kills. He's, he's like in a, you know, I don't think that pilot will ever be released, but he gets a, he gets a great scene in that, yeah. in that pilot. Um, I always sort of thought about, um, always. But like, uh, 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 it might just be because Deadwood was in my head, but like uh, the uh, Clay Reynolds, I always kind of thought it like a like a Garrett Delahunt. Yes, yes, kind of vibe. Yes, um, very good. Um, but yeah, and just uh, and 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 Roy DePape, uh, like like Brad Dourif, but like Brad Dourif, like in 1987. That's fucking. That's so good. That's per- you should be a casting director. That's yeah. Give me a time machine. I don't know. It sounds like you're just picking the cast from Deadwood. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I think I think Ian McShane McShane would be an awesome Ian McShane as Susan in a role that will surprise you. (laughs) McShane got range, baby. You don't don't cut him out. He could he could be the a good mayor. Oh, he'd be great. Oh, Oh, fuck, he'd be great as the mayor. Oh my god, that's fucking great. Although he kind of, I guess you could argue he played the mayor. I mean, but he played like the good version of the mayor in that Game of Thrones episode. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, fuck. Okay, yeah. So no, I mean, well, it's just great. Great. Just Yeah, the mayor's a little monsters. bit of clown shoes, which is why I think it would be funny to see him. See yeah. Him. You know, it was this horny old man. It would serve to sort of like undermine, you know, how we think of Ian McShane. Like, I think of you him know, as yeah. like, a, like, you know, just this... It, it, <sighs> Swearing. I mean, it just is such yeah. a, a epoch. You know, it's a well, crease. I, I honestly, yeah. well, I didn't watch. I, I watched some of Deadwood, but not all of it. You know, I'm very familiar with Swearingen, and you know, like oh, fuck. how iconic he was to that show. But I always think of uh, Ian McShane in terms of John Wick because I've seen mm-hmm. that uh, all those movies uh-huh. a lot more often. Uh-huh. But he brings uh-huh. like a certain level of class to everything, and I, I like Eric's idea about him playing the mayor to like sort of under like a little bit of buffoonery uh would would yeah, make sure. for an interesting um McShane performance because usually he's like the smartest guy in the room all the well yeah, yeah okay so three things going uh, uh backwards um first <laughs> off you've got to watch Deadwood yes yes I know I like know. like 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 that should be your Christmas homework and put the subtitles on until your ear picks up the rhythm Mm-hmm. right it's a very i like what i've seen of it it's just you know oh yeah no but but like it, it just it'll take if you're like me it, it took it, it's a, a little bit like watching the wire it takes a few episodes to get the ear for the patois you know mm-hmm. um um but you've 
gotta gotta watch it. It's tremendously incredible. The finale, the reunion movie, is a beautiful once in a lifetime experience. Uh, 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 Ian McShane is a titan. Um, and then uh, you know David Milch has has just released a memoir called A Life's Work. Uh, which is also beautiful. You should read it, uh, and it's really great. Um, I'm I'm Team Milch all day, every day. Right on. I, I wish him health and 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 wellness in in, in, in the future. Because I don't think he's doing too great. So I hope he's I hope he mm. has more good days than bad. Um, what the fuck was the show where he was the crime solving antiques dealer? Lovejoy. Mm. Lovejoy. He played a guy called Lovejoy. It was a British show, and it was a little lighter, but. Uh, recording this on December 23rd, which is the day Glass Onion uh, becomes available yes. on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got the I caught it in the theatrical uh, mm-hmm. when it was there. Same. Um, this is not a Glass Onion podcast, but Glass Onion very much inspired by the only film Stephen Sondheim ever wrote, The Last of Sheila. Which right? is a total uh, banger, by the way. Com- and yeah. starring a young Ian McShane yeah. in a kind of buffoony. Hollywood, he wants to be like a producer, Hollywood hustler, blowhard. That's right. That's and it's right. so funny to see Ian McShane uh, getting, uh, uh, not being, getting Swearingen or not being the concierge <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Like, it's just right. such a, yeah, check out, check out The Last of Sheila. It's amazing. But just, it's a, it's, I forgot, just to see McShane be a kind of um, useless dipshit is, uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> Wow, that's weird. That's real weird. <laughs> okay, next next character, Rhea of the Coos. Mm. Um, there's suddenly boy. a witch in the middle of all this. She has a she has a crystal ball. You know, yeah. she's uh, yeah. uh, a literal lives in a woods. Fucking Baba Yaga talks to for real ha- snakes and cats, and as a fucking uh, uh, is like a child molesting creepy witch in the woods. <laughs> Um, she's like a turbo version of flag in, uh, uh, eyes of the dragon almost, Yeah, you know, yeah. like even almost, almost as insidious. Uh, she's just, you know, um, kind of on the outskirts of this town and, and I'd almost say more because she's just cruel. Like all she, she, oh, yeah. she does flag has aspirations. Cool. He wants to be the Machiavelli, you know, a manipulator of politics and wars and shit. And, and Rhea just, you know, the, the Susan spites her, you know, a little bit. She dares oh, to yeah. insult her on, on their first meeting. And she's like, okay, well, guess what? I'm going to fucking hypnotize you and you're going to say some shit at the wrong time. And you're going to, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, she, she's, she then she, makes everything. She takes everything so personally. And all she wants to do is hurt everybody that wrongs her in the worst possible way yeah. that she can. She is such a vindictive, evil yeah. fucking character. In my in my mind, I think Rhea is I you know, I don't it might be a little uh uh early to 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 say this, but I think she's one of the uh, on your journey on the tower, uh to the to the tower I'm at. But I think that she is probably one of the most just despicable uh, oh, villains yeah. of the entire series in, in my mind. Does she come back? No, never. Mm. Not that I recall. Mm. I mean, maybe there's mm. a flash sideways or some shit like that, yeah. or a memory. Yeah. But no, she's she is most sincerely dead. Um, I think she's. Uh, 
I, I love her character. I mean, I know she's evil. I know she's cruel. Everything you've just said is true. But mm-hmm. um, I love that there's this just there's just a witch in the middle of this fucking thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that also speaks to the, you know, Wizard of Oz parallels that are going on here and all of that, right. obviously. But like, I just. I just love that there's this crusty old lady on the edge of town yeah. who's just doing really evil shit and working everyone up into a lather over things. Um, well, and she is, and she is like a fucking Benny Jesuit. Like hmm. she's that's true. She's like she's because of the grapefruit. She's a little farsighted and like yeah. berries seeds. She knows she's not going to be alive to see come to fruition but we'll fuck her enemies. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And like, like you're right. She, she like, Oh, you, you, uh, you uh, were a little haughty to me. I'm going to fuck you up for, you know what your, I mean? Your like your bloodline gonna... is now fucked. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 She's, and I'm going to make you watch pure malevolence. And like, like also a, another kind of earth theme in King works or like late motifs or whatever, like child molester. Yeah. Yeah. Like true evil, true evil in King books, child molesting. Like that yep. is like, that is a, there's no charm in those right. characters, right? There's it's one no, of his, oh, it's one of his uh, shortcuts, like uh, kicking and killing dogs and shit. It's just like, yep. Yeah, yeah, this a, person's going to be a kid toucher. Yeah. You, you but, know, they're you know, bad. But in his, yeah. But like re- unredeemably, there will be no charm. There will be no, oh, you know, Hey, you, didn't you kind of love Annie Wilkes a little bit? Yeah. You know, there's none of that. There's none of that. Yeah. There's no, they are, they are, it is an indicator right away of pure malevolence. Yeah, boy, fuck. I mean, the, the question is, do you cast someone that you know would do a fantastic job because you've seen them play roles like that before? Or are you looking to cast it as somebody like, mm. oh, wow, what would be a surprise? What would be like Whoopi Goldberg, especially <laughs> because her role in The Stand. Mm-hmm. Now let's see her be the opposite of that. You know what's funny is because her name is Rhea of the Coos, I've always imagined Rhea Perlman. Rhea Perlman. Have you have you caught? You know any what's of funny the... is I think I have too. Have you? Uh, there, have there, you there, caught... There's only like three Rias that actually exist in this world. Rhea, Rhea so. Seahorn, Rhea, Rhea, Rhea Perlman, Seahorn. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, and Rhea of the have Coos. You guys, have you guys caught uh, any of the Bad Batch? Mm, I watched a few of the first first episodes. She, Rhea, Rhea Perlman does a voice in it. She's oh, uh, good for her. She, oh, the Star yeah, Wars yeah, thing? really charming. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. No it's shit. Really, she's really terrific in it. Yeah, I haven't so, seen or heard from her in years. So, you know, that's interesting. Okay, I sat so, next to her and Danny DeVito in a movie at Sundance once. No shit. What movie? I, it, here, I'm trying to put the piece. It was a jake paltrow movie and i remember that because it was the most star-studded premiere i've ever been to because jake and gwyneth like their godfather spielberg so spielberg was like three rows behind me with kate capshaw and like oh good lord i don't remember what the movie the movie was like highly mediocre but (laughs) but it, it had it had so many so many fucking famous people in the theater and i was there with my friend Jarrett, and we are both very wide gentlemen and uh this is a very cramped <laughs> cramped seated theater and a wide it, gentleman that it, sounds like that that sounds like characters the wide boys uh, you know the the the, from, oh the wide God. coffin hunters the, the, the wide, wide the wide coffin gentleman hunters. the wide gentleman and the coffin hunters uh uh yeah, the wide gentleman uh, sorry 
and Jarrett was sitting next to it was like me, Jarrett, and uh then Danny DeVito and Real Perlman. And at some point during the movie, he had to get up and go to the bathroom. And this is one of those theaters, Scott. It's like the Paramount, where like oh, the seat, that. your knees are in your fucking right, right. under Disgusting. your chin. There, it was like a theater built when the tallest person in the world was like five foot seven, right? Right. And um, and so he, in the middle of the movie, does it and realizes that the it's either walk in front of like. 30 people on that side or like 80 people on, on the other side. And so he, he chooses the, the, the shortest route. And that of course forces Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman, like in the middle of this fucking movie to like stand up, to allow him to walk out to the bathroom. And he, he looked so embarrassed. Uh, so uh, apologies for the pants. tangent, but uh, you know, oh, worth it. Well worth it. Yes. Th- there, there's not too many opportunities for me to to whip out my my one Rhea Perlman story. <laughs> yeah. Wide. I, I think I think the Wide Gentleman is a podcast I would listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there you go. You're just li- you're listening to it already. Um, <laughs> the uh, uh, and the and the final character I want to the the mm. most the central character in this novel, of course, is Susan. You Shimi. know, she is she is no <laughs> not Shimi. <laughs> Shimi is a great character. Shimi, Shimi, yeah. I, um, I would put myself. I want to play Shimi. Oh, fair enough. Problematic. We'll relay but, that but, to Mike. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I, it is problematic. Never mind. Yeah, I think he'll be yeah. in trouble for that. But Susan is the linchpin of yeah. this yeah. entire series, in a sense, and she's certainly the linchpin of this book. Um, the and the the motivating factor for Roland for a lot of it. Um, yeah. What do you make of their romance? Um, for instance, I, I think it's I think it's very believably captured. Um, I think it is in fact romantic. This novel, um, it is very Romeo and Juliet, if you as you've already po- pointed out. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the death is legitimately fucking tragic. Oh, it's horrifying! It's fucking horrifying! It's the mm. worst. It's the worst. And also to get into the kind of meta king of it all. This is a guy, this is a one woman guy, right? He has been married a long time. Yeah. This is a guy whose wife has stood by him through a lot. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy who also understands that his obsessions and addictions could cost him everything. I think the horror of bag of bones, um, I I think King writing about writers is, is a, 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 a pet obsession of mine mm. is kind of work with, with whether it's, you know, uh, Jack Torrance or, you know, dark half, like he's always been aware of, I think, you know, there is a writing the dark tower is his dark tower. Right. Hmm. Um, and I suspect he feels like he had to write all of the other books to get good enough to write the dark tower. Um, I think it's impossible not to read it as a, as a 48 year old man warning his younger self, your obsessions could cost you everything. Um, um, I, I think King writes great married couples, which is an art. And he even talks about it in the afterward. Something like, I think he says something like 48 forgets what 17 feels like. 
but 17 can remind, you know what I mean? He's talking about the sort of young, you know, you know, being young, dumb and full of calm versus being you know, a middle-aged man. Right. And that, that married love is very different than love when you're 17. And, and I think any love story rises or falls on us falling in love with the characters falling in love. Right. Right. And that requires, you have to like both the characters. You have to like both the characters together. And he does that just immediately from the meeting on the road meet cute. You are immediately. There's an ease to the way they interact with each other that is, it feels just so perfectly right. It's like watching like Serena Williams, you know, at her sport, you know, where it's Mm. just like, oh, anybody can do that because she makes it look so easy. Right. 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 And, and I think that like, if you've ever tried to be a creative writer or if you ever, even if you haven't tried to be a writer of any sort of uh, fiction, if you watch a lot of movies, you read a lot of stories, you see things that, that like you begin to pick up on inauthenticity, right? You get to, you pick up on stuff that's just wrote and there's no spark. There's no, whatever. It's just somebody trying to get a, a feeling across. You, you can pick up on that, but especially if you, if you're, if you write it, uh, at all, uh, screenplays, comic books, um, uh, novels, it doesn't matter. You look at what the, he does in that, like that meet cute scene. And it, and it's a, it's kind of a miracle. It, it's something, it's a small miracle. It's not one of these like big concept ideas that just knock you flat. It's not the ending of the sixth sense or, you know, any of this kind of stuff it is, but what's a miracle about it is just how natural it, it feels and just how right and perfect it feels. And, and King hits that tone with that relationship throughout the whole thing right away up, up to the point to, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> again, apologies for, for repeating myself here, but up until the end, he makes you feel like, even though you get into this, knowing it's a sad story and that it ends badly, the whole, the, the fucking book opens with two quotes. One's wizard of Oz from wizard of Oz. One's from Romeo and Juliet. You know, you know what you're in for. If you read those two quotes, right uh, there, you're not in Kansas anymore. And it's a tragic love story. Even with all that knowledge, you get this feeling the way he structures it, that they are going to end. Happy, oh, yeah. happily ever after. They won. They beat everybody. They mm-hmm. beat it. And <laughs> that's the tragedy, right? That's the best yeah. trick. That's the best trick. It is so much better than than just like this impending doom and everything like falls. The fact that there's that little glimmer of hope, yeah. where they, you know, these these are two young lovers you just want to see go off and make make a whole bunch of babies and be happy together. Right. Mm -hmm. You like, that's all you want to want to, you know, see for these people. You just want happiness in their lives and they're up against insurmountable odds. And guess what? It's Roland. He's a gunslinger. So fucking, of course he beats it. He beats the odds. And then fuck you, but he's not that smart. Cry your way through the end of this book, you know? Yeah. That's the trick, right? When you can forget the ending, you know, is coming. Yeah. When in, when you can be told this is a tragedy and four-fifths of the way through, you're thinking, oh, my God, they're going to beat it. They're going to get out. Mm-hmm. And you, it just makes the inevitable. And then you hate yourself for being dumb enough to have ever fallen. <laughs> right. Oh, I can't hate- believe it. Oh, stupid. On Fuck reread, it. I'll tell you, every time I reread Wizard and Glass, I have this stupid notion, like this just ridiculous hope that Susan's going to survive this time. This is maybe the only book that I have that reaction to. I've heard people say that about other books, like, Mm. you know, um, books they, they truly love and like 
you know, every time I get caught up in it and I think it's going to end a different way. And I, I tend to give that the side eye, but I know it's true because I do that with this book. It's, it's just a matter of loving the characters so much and wanting to, you know, as Eric said, you know, like see them, um, thrive and you just, and you get, you don't get that. And now again, speed read. So I, I might've missed a stitch, but I think when they meet, we don't, we aren't told explicitly that she's meeting Roland. Cause this is Roland undercover in Mejus. Right. So it's whatever. I can't remember what his alias is. Like Will, Dearborn. Will, Dearborn. Will Dearborn. Will Dearborn. Will Dearborn. Right? Yeah. yeah. Will Dearborn. Right. She's meeting Will, and at no point, you know, the only kind of giveaway that it's Roland is the thank you side kind of high speech that slips out every now and again. But you're st- so we don't even have the familiar. Like we are. It, it's a great reminder. First off, you're not meeting Roland. You're meeting a 14 year old boy. But that we don't even have the association to know that this is Roland definitively. So we have these you know, four books of momentum and then being invested in this character. And you're still super into these two kids meeting and talking. I mean, it's very much Romeo and Juliet. It's very much the party scene in Romeo and Juliet. You know what I mean? It's, Mm -hmm. it's such a great little bit of wonder. And like, there's a, there's a thing that's crucial to understanding that heartbreak and that devastation. Not only was he, you know, did he undo his help undo his father's kingdom by helping save it and destroying his family and killing his mother and losing this woman that he loved. But like, this is a guy who 2000 pages back dropped a 12 year old kid to his death. (laughs) And he has yet to forgive himself for it in this book. Yeah. Roland still carries that guilt with him. Right. He's and like, you get that feeling he's trying to expunge all the guilt by sharing this horrible stuff, but like he's trying to, I don't know that Roland could connect it, but like he's, you have to understand, like, like he's trying to apologize for that person. Even though he made up for it, he went back, he righted it, he corrected it. Roland still hates himself for being that person that once let Jake, mm-hmm. sacrifice Jake to, 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 to preserve his own quest. Here's a question. I don't know. You know, obviously further backstory will further inform a character, but I'm wondering mm-hmm. if anything you learned in this novel about Roland's history substantially changed your outlook on the character? And if so, what? Like, maybe the better question is, how did this change your understanding of Roland as a character, if at all? Gosh. I mean, I think to get the specifics of the tragic backstory, I mean, are one thing. But to really, you know, he's shown as being so competent and he's the one who knows the world we're in and we're always the fish out of water mm-hmm. so it's hard to take seriously when he says i'm not that smart right because well you're the one who knows everything and we don't right <laughs> but like right. to see that demonstrated in this book i mean it's really there is that sort of edifice thing of like in trying to outsmart the thing, you do the thing. Yeah. Right. You know, like there is a, you, you really see what that meant, you know, and the, the just the, the tragedy of, and the, 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 the tragedy is the wrong word. Um, there's a scene early on. Roland is, is now a gunslinger. He lays down uh, with a prostitute. He's awoken the next day by his father confronted and yelled at. And his dad is, a total fucking amazing badass 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in this confrontation, he whispers to Roland, uh, uh, you know, as, as Roland is, you know, his, his father is like, I can't believe you, 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 you know, you're, you, you were tricked into, t- you, you, you tested too young. You've been tricked. You've forgotten my face. You've you forgotten my face. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you, you took the step. Uh, you got played. You let yourself get played. You survived because of dumb luck, not because of skill or talent. You know, you're clever, but you're not that smart. And and he and Roland trying to explain that, like, no, Martin and Mom, like I saw them, they're together. He's betrayed you, and I'm 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 trying to. And his father's like, yeah, I, I've known for months. Yeah. And like the 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 uh, the the quiet adult tragedy of that, of the chess of the, you know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. it's such a thing that a kid can't understand. Adults can't even understand, but that kind of like my needs as a as a husband, as a dude, as a man married to a woman pale before the needs of Gilead and the people and the scheme that Martin is cooking up. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to eat shit (laughs) as a dude to try and preserve the kingdom. Right. Like just that uh, that kind of moral equation that kind of moral calculus isn't something anybody should be expected to do but it's such a oh roland you're not a man at all you are such a you know it's it's a child's understanding of the world Mm -hmm. that roland has and i think probably still has to to an unhealthy degree Um, i I think that um my big takeaway from this book is the same as something that i think you're kind of dancing around a little bit and please correct me if i'm wrong but I think this is the book where we realize that Roland is fallible. And that yes, yes you yes, know what I mean? Yes, and so yes. and so what I'm kind of curious about then is you know he's on this single-minded pursuit of the Dark Tower. Did did reading this and realizing that Roland is fallible shake any of your confidence that he might not actually reach the tower? Oh, absolutely. But but this is where that Rorschach fold comes in and this is sort of at the end where we do this kind of wizard of Oz uh, pastiche Mm -hmm. where the characters themselves are talking about the wizard of Oz while recreating the end of wizard of Oz. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the first time in the books, even in drawing of the three Roland, because Roland was like, co-piloting he, he still had some degree of knowledge of, of the world and the place that he was in roland is afraid roland tells the rest of the content he's afraid it's the first time roland hasn't had the answers because he yeah. doesn't know wizard of oz yeah and it bugs the shit out of him <laughs> that everybody else does yeah and he literally is like you will be sharing this with me now <laughs> so Sudena and Eddie and Jake are all talking about the Wizard of Oz. And, oh, I was afraid of the monkeys. And I was at this and that. And the wheel. Oh, they made the whiz. And, and, and Roland's like, the fuck is this? What are these shoes? What are we? What? You know, like it's, it's, it's the first time Roland has been hostage to events entirely and has been mm-hmm. entirely out of his element because there's a piece of our world that has bled into his and yes. the other way around. Right. Um, um, or vice or whatever it is. So that was really interesting. And it sets up this kind of new status quo where we've got this now very human, very wounded, very vulnerable, very flawed portrait of Roland broken. In fact, broken 
fucking uh, look. I don't know how good a eight fingered gunslinger is, right? But uh, <laughs> uh, but we talked about that before. But that he's afraid at the end of the book. He doesn't know what's yeah. going on, um, and that he gets flummoxed and and the fucking because he's damaged, he doesn't get the drop on Martin. He 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 the gun snares in his belt and he doesn't get the shot off before Martin disappears. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and he's just completely out of his element in this world. And, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I have so many questions about the last 50 pages of this book. Hmm. Like what? Like, it, like uh, what, what are a like, few what, other ones? Like what? Number one, what well, one, what the fuck? <laughs> number right? one what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah first off how dare you um, um is that so, um, is that in response to the wizard or, or the wizard of oz of it all yeah i mean i the think, literal emerald city uh, yeah i mean yes but also when i think about it and, and it's it's a little tough to think about because the wizard and glass part of the story it really is there's like a like 100 pages and then 600 pages and then 100 pages. Right. So you take that 600 pages of young Roland out. But, oh, of course, how else could this story have ended? They are literally on a road through Kansas. They're not in Kansas anymore. They just need to get home. They're following a highway. They're, you know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah. there, there's, um, there's five of them. There's, 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 four, there's, there's four bipeds and an animal. They're on a quest. Like, it, 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 of course, it had to end. So, you know, it feels inevitable. It feels perfect. It feels like another kind of assertion of fantasy and kind of bombs contributing a uh, contribution to the kind of the, the fantasy canon of literature. Right. And it's also, though, just so audaciously meta. <laughs> just you wait. Fuck, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's but like even that Oi has ruby slippers is just like right there is a little bit where it's it's almost a step too far maybe i dare i say maybe it is a step too far in a certain thing that that, at least that was my impressions when i read it the first time i'm like the fuck really and specifically the ruby slippers shit um you know but but yeah yeah yeah. i want to here's something i want to say and in the process i'm gonna i'm gonna tease a little bit about um um wolves of the collar from matt um, I had the same reaction when I read this recipe and mm-hmm. I kind of felt like, like the first time I read this and I was mm-hmm. what, 15 at the time thereabouts. Uh, and I remember thinking like, what is this wizard of Oz bullshit? Like, why is that being pulled in? Like the stuff with uh, like pulling the stand into it felt like, Hmm, I was fine. This I is interesting. No but then, <laughs> Yeah, but then when it became a Wizard of Oz thing, I'm like, it has the, it has the feel on first read, or it did for me of, um, somebody leaning on a crutch, mm. and that seemed that was not uh, a sensation that I had had in this series up until that right. point. On top of the fact that when I originally read this, this was not the book I wanted. You know, I didn't want. Mm. Uh, I didn't want 800 more pages of the dark tower where most of it was a flashback. I wanted to, I I wanted propulsive, keep the fucking story going, uh, particularly after that uh, cliffhanger ending on three. Right. So I was real sour about it the first time I read this book and you know, I was very wrong. I was also very young. Um, But the, the wizard of Oz of it all, 
was one of those sticking points. It felt like, again, it felt like him leaning on something else uh, in order to tell this story. And I was like, wait, what is going on here? Well, this is really what this is, is the first real like big red flag in in the entire series that about the the expanse of the Dark Tower, how much how much mythology, not just Dark Tower mythology, but maybe other mythologies does this encompass? And what right. you're going to find in the next book is the Dark Tower, like driving headlong into pop culture. We did a right. whole, we did a whole bonus episode at one point, <laughs> um, which you might be interested in hearing actually after after you read Bulls of the Kala about the various pop culture influences of of the next book. And so in retrospect, I think that this is another way that Wizard and Glass works even better because it's kind of cluing you in that okay, now this kind of shit can happen now. Right. And it's gonna and it's not just it's not just my books, it's anybody's it's any books, right? Yeah. In the public and, domain. Yeah. And it's it's <laughs> it's about to get real fucking wild in the next right. one in, in those terms. And um it it might it, you know, uh I think for some people it's kind of a make it or break it moment. Um you know I say moment, but I mean reading the next book because yeah. there's a lot of shit in there where you're like, if you didn't if you're if you're that resistant and not that you are, but like if you as a reader, you're that resistant to some explicit Wizard of Oz references, just wait till you get to the next book because it's going to get yeah. even more complicated than that. And um, I think that's a very clever thing. I think it's clever yeah. that he he built this into it to kind of as a signpost of like, here's where we're going. Like, so just be forewarned. Uh, Vespi, do you agree with that? Yes. Um, oh, well, I mean, to, I'm trying to figure out how to answer right. it in yeah. any sort of depth beyond yes, uh, without spoiling some things. Um, but it, it definitely takes it and expands it to a point where, um, and from this point on, many, many, many times in the next three books, there are going to be King pushing against the limitations of what yeah. he has set up. And yes, I would say more than half the time, maybe 60, 70 percent of the time, it results in some of the best things you've ever read. And about 30 percent of the times you go, "Ooh, I don't know about that one, Uncle right. Stevie. Um, I love the mess of it, though. Like and, yeah. and that's something, you know, again, when, whenever whenever we get to the end of this, because what I would love for you to do is when you finish, you know, the final book where we could do this uh, sit down where it's just us doing like kind of a, an autopsy on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. to do this kind of looking back um, and doing like just a full, you know, fresh on, on all of our minds, deep dive into this, where we can talk about how this is the demarcation line. And, and as Scott said, kind of the, the hint of where things are going and, you know, cause the meta stuff is, escalated the the messiness is escalated you know i don't know how much of that is is because of you know king writing the next three books all in one go and uh so you know because one of the things that i love so much about the series is that for these first four books every single one of them has its own 
absolute unique identities. You can give that mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. uh, you, you can say that it's because they're each different genres, which we've touched on before on the show, which is true. But I also think it's because it, they're, they were being written at different points in King's yeah. life. It, and so in a really weird way, and it makes me wish that he had kept writing dark tower stories because the dark tower for him are like, are touchstones on where he is as an author mm-hmm. at every single point. And um, cause we've already talked about er- the earliest part of this discussion was like how he couldn't have written this book until he was in his, you know, his era of like uh, you know, that Rose matter era and the bag of yeah. bones era. He was like, he couldn't have written this book uh, you know, in his it era, you know, and it, or he could have, but it would have been something radically different. And right. The fact that this, you know, th- th- that's why this all adds up to this being King's magnum opus, because this represents in the broadest terms in one story, every single kind of King writing there is, right? you know, right. And, and there is, you know, it, we'll, I, we'll talk about it. And, and I'm curious to revisit it myself because there is to me, there's one book in here that I just kind of bounced right off that's coming up um, mm-hmm. and that song of Susanna. And, and it's not that it's bad. It's just there's just something about it that that didn't connect with me in much the same way say from a buick 8 doesn't connect with me that like oh, there, so there, there are a few books of kings that i don't have like this i don't know this magnetism you know too um and you know the fact that there is one dark tower book that's like that only makes me love the series more right, i know right. it sounds masochistic but you know this is as somebody who grew up just obsessed with king as an author this series is so much about him. Uh, he's talked so much about how, you know, how uh, Roland in many ways is, is him, you sure. know? And I mean, the whole thing we talked about, it's about addiction. Rhea, the coos is addicted to the grapefruit, you know, Roland's addicted to the, to the tower, the, he's to his quest. It's like, you know, th- this is all King working out all of his stuff. Uh, not that he doesn't do that in his normal books. He always puts himself in his books. But like this is to uh, to the nth degree. I yeah, think uh, that... He says something that it, one, go, go one ahead, of the please. intros. Oh, sorry, sorry. He no, says no, 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 one of the intros. Uh, one of the intros like, oh, yeah, no, I decided that I was going to write the longest book ever. No. Yeah. Which is the kind of thing that you think when you're like 20. Right, right, right. That, that that's an, that that's a thing, right? But now it's like, oh fuck, I'm writing the longest book ever. Yeah. Well, it better be good. I think what I mean by what the fuck is, it was clearly an indication of what's to come. Yeah. Right. It's not the kind of thing you just throw out because oh, I don't know how to end this. All right, this is saying something. I'm fascinated to find out what it's saying. Hmm. Um, I'm fascinated that, to, uh, to see where we're going with this. To that point, I think that him pulling other bits of pop culture into this series is itself a commentary on storytelling and how mm, we sure. how we absorb these things and and how not only how important storytelling is as as a function of us as a species but also as as the way our brains work you know right. well and that and that even comes up explicitly at the end right is there like how long were we talking does yeah. it matter? Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Yeah. I feel fine. All right. Well, then it was fine. I told you a story. That's the magic of story, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I read this 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 quote um, by Basquiat, Michel Basquiat. That was um, art is how uh, we decorate space. Music is how we decorate time. And it occurred to me that there's something Christ, storytelling or conversation is a, a 
you know, a similar way. But it's interesting to read that quote after finishing this book. And that's kind of the punchline, right? Is, mm-hmm. is what does it matter that this was a flat a book within a book and a story within a story? And it's 600 pages of an 800 page book. Did you like it? Then it yeah. wasn't anything at all, right? You know, it, it sits in the middle of the run, unless you, yeah. you know, put a keyhole or whatever the fuck, you know, yeah. but like it literally feels, you know, I think about that, that Rorschach idea I did. Um, it's transitional. Yeah. Yes. I do a book called Casanova. Talk about long pauses, you know, and maybe that's, maybe that's why I have no problem waiting for stuff is because I myself, <laughs> Casanova comes out in its own sweet time, but there's sort of three books that make up the first half. There's a, a, a fourth book and then there'll be three more books <clears throat> that'll make up the second. Um, and at the exact halfway point of that first book, there's a Rorschach page where I was aware that this is the literal halfway point and things are kind of twisting around. And, and like, if, if, if you look at the, the page, it's like, you can, it reads in any direction. There's one panel that goes across the gutter that sort mm-hmm. of, you know, but it, it was a, and I don't mean to do the thing where I'm comparing myself to it, but I, I just had this image in my head of this is, this is the pivot. Mm-hmm. Like this is the axis. This is, mm-hmm. we are now at the halfway point. All the pieces are on the board. Yeah. And now all the rules are written and now, now we're going to resolve it. Right. Like that's that. So, so it's interesting that, that to go from, Oh, we're starting by pulling in parts of the stand on the road into Kansas and on the road out of Kansas, we're pulling in parts of the wizard of Oz. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a kind of symmetry there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I think even Roland has the, the Roland even says like, there's always going West. It's always about going West. It's always heading. It's always going West. There's always something, you know, both Nebraska and Vegas. It's all about going West, right? The yeah. towers in the West, everything's in the West. We all got to go that way. Um, um, so yeah, I, I think um, it's just so odd. Audacious and and strange, like can't wait to see where it goes. I remember we we talked about this before that that sort of I remember the hardcover of Wolves of Color, like the the logo kind of looks like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah, and and Definitely. and yeah, <laughs> and just that being even without without having read it, being aware that like oh, clearly the storytelling is pivoting. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? There's going to be some shit in that book that I think is just going to set your brain on fire. Love it. I love you know, it. you're going to be love. like, holy shit. You yeah. know, um, you know, I was being coy about the Father Callahan thing earlier. Yeah, he shows up. But uh, yeah. there's like a ton of other things that happen in that book where you're I I cannot wait to hear how you react to them. You know, there's yeah. in I, fact, there's some things that as a comics guy that I'm, I'm particularly mm-hmm. uh, interested yeah. to hear your reaction to. It is. Um, I think of the next three books, you know, in the main series, well, uh, uh, Keyhole is uh, like, despite the fact that I understand that it's supposed to happen between four and five, to me, it's always this sort of like kind of a phantom limb kind of thing yeah. where it's, and, it's and like I wouldn't read that material. next. Don't yeah. read that next. Like go, go read them in the order. We're going to in, call it next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go in the order in which they were published. But of, of these next, of these next three books not counting keyhole, which is its its own separate thing and, and read them in order. Uh, but, but wolves of the collar is my favorite of 
the final really? three novels. Yeah, I think so okay. because oh, I'm I'm oh, with, a favorite of the final three. Okay, I'm with I'm with Eric on on uh, Song of Susanna being. It's not that it's a rough sit. It's just it's its own transitional novel within yeah. this final <laughs> trilogy, and so it's it's a little clunky. I feel like, uh, and this is heresy, and people will <laughs> yell at me for this, but I really feel like there was a way to streamline the storytelling in the final three books and yeah. possibly edit out one of the books entirely. I am so happy that all of these books exist, even as to Eric's point, like perversely, I like that there's one that I, I don't really like that much. You know mm. what? That's just odds, baby. You know, there's, yeah. there's eight of these fucking things. Surely there's going to be one of them. I like the least and this. That's the one It also and, has the, the good sense of being the shortest of the three. Yes. Um, and the, and the third book, I definitely feel like needed maybe one more editing pass just to nip and tuck here and there. Um, but yeah, I think wolves is the only one where I'm like, I have no, I have no notes whatsoever. Like this is, this is an excellent book. It's, it could be here. And I'll, and I'll say in, I know that we're, we're like, we're talking about stuff that you don't know and we're having to dance around stuff, but I do want to say that wolves is the book that I wanted, um, wizard and glass to be. Hmm. Um, yes, and exactly. It, so, and I think that that, yeah, exactly. I, I think that Scott and I are once again on the same page on this thing. Um, yeah. You couldn't get the the fifth book without Wizard and Glass. I'll, I'll say that much because, mm-hmm. as we've discussed here, Roland's telling the story is about him transitioning from being the commander slash father of this quartet and being an equal member of this quartet. This yes, is him right. being vulnerable. This is him, right, right. You know, saying that you guys have proven yourself to me, uh, and now I need to show you why you didn't need to. Right. And so they couldn't fully form as the Cotet, but like it, after Wastelands, I'm like, yay, they're all together. I want to see them go go do an adventure in in, uh, in End World or Mid World, wherever they're going to be. And guess what? Mm. That's Wolves of the Kala. This is them is where the, they are the Cotet. They get to go on a fucking adventure together. Uh, it's you know very action heavy. It's fun you know the, the the dynamics of the group are all are all perfect they're all firing on all cylinders i i'd say the only thing that i would say is it you know just don't go in expecting the weight of something like um uh wizard and glass um i'd say well, the only other the delight the delight of him is like oh is this going to be a fun one or a heavy one it's right. rollicking. you know what i mean it's like a yeah. rollicking adventure story you're gonna yeah, have there's a, a reason why there's an indiana too. jones logo on there yeah, it's, sure. it's like the a, most yeah. fun adventure yeah. one of, of all of them and look know. after this one of course like yeah i mean i mean something you just said made me think about this but i wonder first of all i would be surprised if he doesn't revisit the world again I don't know whether that's more things like the Sisters of Illyria or whatever. I don't know if it's if it's a little shorts or whatever, but like I would be stunned if there's not further additions to the kind of catalog. I've right. been saying as, this as he as he yeah. continues to write. Yeah, we, I, we asked we asked him about that actually when he oh, came, what, on, what did, came I, on the I, show. I, I have not listened to it yet. What did he say? He he essentially said you know he what said, he said a, a billion times, and and when people ask him about it, is like I wouldn't count it out, but you know who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really I, I, impressed I'm, him about it too. Like, yeah, yeah, I got in his ass about it a little bit. Like, but he uh, he wouldn't. Yeah. I, I I like there there came a point. If you listen to that conversation, you know, I push him far enough on it, 
and he just kind of he's just like i don't know i i really yeah. don't know like <laughs> yeah. and i think he really doesn't know like i, yeah, I think, never say never right one yeah, day you wake he, up and there it is yeah the inspiration uh, the way, might strike yeah don't don't listen to it until you finish the book so we do that's talk why about the ending of the dark tower that's yeah, yeah yeah that's why i haven't yeah um yeah. um but I, 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 a part of me is curious. I, like, I wonder about doing a chronological read in terms of plot. Well, I would save that for, for a second Keyhole? trip to the tower. You know, yeah, that's, I what mean, I mean. that's what I mean. Like, as a read through, like, 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 could you? What, what effect would that have? And I wonder too. Well, like, went went through the keyholes. the The problem with reading it in chronological order is that Wizard and Glass is a long story of Roland telling a story by the fire, right. uh, and then went through the keyhole. keyhole is, is the same. That they yeah. they they go down the road a little bit more, and Roland says, "Hey, set a spell, and I'm going to tell you a story around a campfire." Right, you know, right. and you know what I mean. So it's uh, just it's in terms pause. of pacing. Yeah. But I mean, but like to actually read. Okay, so I'm going to read the chapter of Dark Tower of Gunslinger, and then I'm going to move to here, and then I'm going to move to here, and then I'm going to do the middle part of Wizard and Glass, and the middle part of Keyhole. Then I'll come back to Dark Tower, and then we do Drawing of the Three. You know what I mean? Like, could you actually read it in a chronological order no. as it happened to Roland? Mm. Um, uh, what that would be like as a as a narrative experience? Um, well, get Topher Grace on it, and he'll do the. The fan edit. He'll do the fan edit, <laughs> where it's just Roland's journey from <laughs> from childhood uh, to uh, the culmination of his journey. I would also love it if they just put out like three volumes. They put out all of the books in three volumes without care or consideration for the quote books unquote. Mm. Just as like like you know he wanted three to write the phone book size tomes yeah just yeah. three tomes collecting everything so it's kind of one congruent narrative experience I don't think I'll t- you know what's funny about that is I don't think I would like reading it that way but I would buy the fucking shit out of it <laughs> yeah just like, I would love to shelf. have like the, like sitting on my bookshelf the Dark Tower epic you know and you know you would call it something along those lines like. The, the yeah. complete yeah, yeah. tower. Could, could, could complete, it would be complete P L E A T, right? Like the, yeah. the, the entire. And I'll um, bet you. The I think about the end you, of this. I'll bet you the reason it hasn't happened yet is that's something they could do after Stephen King leaves this earthly realm. Yeah. Once there's definitively no more dark tower. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Um. You know the the thing too about the end of this. You know, I remember how kind of surprised and delighted I was by the end of, of wastelands ending with a cliffhanger. This does as well. It like, Oh, these are not, these books are now arbitrarily books. You know what I mean? Like these are now put together as he's using these kind of cliffhanger muscles to stitch together this massive epic. Cause it might be six more years before the next book. You know, like, and it's not a complete thought yet. Yeah. Like he is thinking yeah. about this as one congruent book. Not that the books are arbitrary, but like, oh, I understand why he ended that last one with a cliffhanger. This one ends with just the same, with a very similar kind of, un, you know, unresolved resolution. This book yeah. stops more than it ends. Right. The, <laughs> the cessation of the book is 150 pages before the end. I can't right. wait to talk to you about the next book. This is <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is always this is always how these fucking episodes end, man. 
we're like it's the best yeah it's we go best. through the whole book and then we kind of tease the next one and we talk to you and we're like oh my god you know it's and it's always like you're always on the right path is the thing you know you're you're smart enough to be I'm on the I'm on the I'm on I'm on the path of the beam baby yeah, yeah you're you're picking up on 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 things that honestly I might not have picked up on the the first time I read through these books and you know we're going to end up having a conversation again in another few months where this is like yeah, yeah. We're going to be able to address all of this and I am I am so looking forward to that because I think I think the next I I think the next book will get a bigger reaction from you than any other book in the series thus far until the final book in the series. That's my mm -hmm. guess. What do wow. you think what do you think Vespi? Vespi, what do you think? I think that's accurate and I think that the the final book carries as much or more weight than wizard and glass does, but it's not as well structured, well structured. Yes. Um, the last book is a, such a, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're watching the Lord of the Rings movies, like I think fellowship's my favorite, but you know, return of the King is the, has got all the emotions. Right. I cry fucking every time when, Aragorn turns and says, says, you know, you know, you bow to no one, you know, it's like, sorry to go back to Lord of the Rings stuff. I know you don't like Lord of the Rings, but no, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. It sounds great. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, there, there's just some, something about being on such an epic long journey sure, and sure. the conclusion carries that weight, no matter, you know, how it turns out, you know, uh, whether you agree with it, if you like the ending, you don't like the ending, doesn't matter. You've been on this, this road for so long, right? Um, What's well, the only but, the only thing that's better than getting the band together is uh, pulling off the heist, right? 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 Uh, but uh, so yes, I I agree that the the next book is the one where you get to see the quartet in all their glory. You get to see them working. Yes, there's going to be arguments. There's going to be laughter. There's going to be tears. There's, you know, there's going to be everything, but you get to see them working as the group that you imagined from the second book. Right. You know, from right. when when Roland pulled it's the them promise out of the, doors. the premise. It's the yeah. promise of the premise, right? The um, gang, we're together. Yeah, and and it it, it it there's going to be ebbs and flows on this journey, and you know that the next book is just such a it's such a rip roaring read. Um, <clears throat> you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. Can can I ask you when? We know you're a very busy man. Uh, well, but here's here, so here's the here's the thing. Yeah. Every time I get every time I I hop on to do one of these, I oh I guess since the first I mean the first one's pretty brisk, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Dark uh, Gunslinger's pretty. Short. Oh, that's right. But every time I do think, that, one. oh, you know what? Every time I hop on and do one of these, I think you know what? I just got to read a couple short things. Like the books are big, the books are long. Yeah. I got to go. I, I'm gonna read a couple things, and then, and then we talk about it, and I get so fucking amped for the next book, <laughs> I immediately tear into the next book. Um. Um, this is the, a the, Eric's right to be so, asking this question though, because we just signed a contract for another year. Mm. And all right, I don't know how much further we're going to go beyond 2023, mm. which is well, you know, then I got my to, work cut out for me, not to put any pressure on you, but um, listen, if Stephen King could live long enough to finish writing the fucking things, 
I can read fast enough so we can finish this series of shit. Uh, <laughs> well, is... and, and I'm I'm asking on a quasi selfish basis because uh, I'm going to finish this reread of Wizard and Glass that I started and didn't mm-hmm. get to get get done before this because yeah. I'm already fucking hooked in. Like I just gotta yeah. revisit it and it, and it's been a minute since I've done it. But the crazy thing is, is I've read these first four books minimum four times. I this I think this is my fourth or fifth time reading Wizard and Glass uh, because. Uh, the way I would do it is I would, when I didn't have new dark tower, I would read what I had. And then yeah. when a new book was coming out, I'd start at the beginning and read right. all the way up. Right. So I've read those first, the first one, the most, I've read the second one, the second most third one, third most before those reasons. Right. Yep. Precisely. Um, that. And because of the other books coming out so rapidly with each other, the five, six and seven, uh, I've only read the dark tower once. Uh, you know, I've only read Song of Susanna. Oh, right, right. I sure, think I've read sure, Wolves, sure. Wolves twice, um, but it's it's been over ten years. I know. I've read, yeah, like so. I've, I've read Dune a hundred times. I've read you know yeah. Dune Messiah like eighty times. I've read you know Children of the you know like it's, right. right, right. The the longer right, right. So well, well, so selfishly, I'm asking because um, you know I'm excited myself to revisit this stuff, um, especially kind of in the wake of the Flanagan thing happening and if that continues to develop you know um i just also uh want you to continue to be reading these characters as they are without having somebody's face in your mind you know yeah Um, i'm uh, i'm so well okay so it's december 23rd which is you know two days after the solstice yeah i say we do it equinox and solstice man i think we schedule it right now uh uh, you know at uh, 20 something of march we'll do kala uh, 21st of June, we'll do Susanna. Uh, uh, 20-something to September, we'll do... Do we do Keyhole and Sisters and then end with Dark Tower? I nah, love that. it's got to be Dark Tower. We, we could do like a, a roundup, you know, because I do want to do... Whether it ends up on the main feed or ends up as a bonus episode, I do want to do kind of that, like, post-mortem, uh, not to yeah, yeah. step on McGarris's toes there, but we'll do a post-mortem on on your journey. And I think that would be a great place to throw in the, uh, the, the shorts and the sisters. Okay. Yeah. Those don't, those neither, neither keyhole nor sisters requires a lot of talk. I don't think, you know, um, keyhole maybe a little bit more, but, you know, Keel's interesting. A, little sisters. Um, yeah, but, but yeah. It, the story he's telling, you know, informs, <laughs> informs some stuff, but it's really just a fairy tale that has nothing to do with the story. You know, Wizard and Glass is him, is him, you know, telling something very crucial about his backstory and, and, uh, went through the keyhole is great, but it's just an excuse for King to like tell a, a fairy tale within the world right. of, of, uh, right. uh, you know, Gilead and whatnot. So, yeah. All right. Great. All right. So then, yes. Yeah, so, I like Matt's plan, though. In general, yeah. yeah. March, we'll we'll do, we'll do it. We'll do it on the. We'll we'll yeah. We'll <laughs> we'll do it on. We'll do it with the moon. We'll do that. Feels appropriately witchy, right? That feels yeah. Appropriate, yeah. Right? Yeah. I love this. I um, love on equinoxes and solstices. Um, I'm so in though. I'm so in, and I'm so through. Like I don't know that I ever. I think were it not for you guys asking me to do this in the first place, I think it would have been so daunting. Mm. I don't know that I ever would have done it. This is honestly, so, this I'm is so my glad. This is one of the craziest a King fan that I haven't, but like, right. I'm so glad I'm, I'm finally doing it. 
I mean, we have a lot of running bits on this show or what series that we've done <laughs> or, you know, um, just stuff along those lines. And I, 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 this is maybe the most fulfilling thing to me as a host of this show hmm. is, is being able to go from book to book with someone through the dark tower as they're reading it and have it be, you know, someone of, uh, of your caliber, Matt, who, who oh. is not only like, you know, talking to us about this stuff, but also every step of the way, sort of noting things that, that we haven't noticed before. Mm -hmm. I mean, what better, what more could you fucking ask for? It's, it's so satisfying. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this and man, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about, mm. you know, the back half yeah. of this motherfucker. You know, it, 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 you know, it's, it's, it was, I think we talked, you know, we, we talked about this, but it was, um, several Christmases back that uh, 112263 came out and I was so stunned by the audaciousness of the premise. And it had been a long time since I had read any King that I thought that'll be nice to have a book to read over the holiday, you know, and mm -hmm. check in with the old check in with the master, see what he's up to. And in that, the, the you know, seeing uh, Bev and Richie, Mm. in that one little scene yeah just kind of brought me so back as a reader yes but just as a writer to look at this guy's body of work and watching how it, it just as a, as a as a study of craft i've, mm. I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've been so just kind of enriched by this like like let alone the yeah. entertainment let alone the the excitement the satisfaction of a reader blah, 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 blah. but just as like somebody watching work done well Hmm. you know it's been so fucking magical like it's like all i want to i would just want to ask like i just have so many questions that i don't even have answers <laughs> you know i guess it's not so much like where did you get the idea from but it's just sort of like when did this happen how did the, you know like tell me i don't know it, it's 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 the thing that makes me wish i knew him the most yeah right? because yeah. i just have i just want to know everything i can about craft of construct how he constructed it when did you think about this what how long did you know this was going to happen when did that come where did this come from right when did right. You, what surprised you what changed what all this stuff it's just it's such a fascinating journey not just as a reader but as a writer and uh, and i love that um you guys are uh being patient enough to let me uh, uh, uh make the journey and and uh yeah man roll on wolves let's do it there's no one <laughs> there's no one else we would rather be doing this journey with and i i thank you not for even margot roby no, no, wow. I think you're well, probably, I think, you know, love Margot Roby. Hotter than Margot Roby. Put that in the show notes, Well, please. I didn't say that now. <laughs> Let's not get hysterical. Um, <laughs> you know, but if uh, if I want to be talking to somebody about Dark Tower, it's it's a storyteller, you know, and yeah. you are born and bred for that shit. So, you know, um, from Eric and I, you know, thank you for for being here and continuing to to do this with us. It's a, it's a real treat, and I know... You know, these episodes are among our most popular episodes. So oh, that's so great. You know, that's so great. I hope other people are doing this too. I hope other, especially King fans or lay King fans. I hope, I hope, uh, I, I hope everyone like it's falling it's just along. So, it's just so fucking audacious. While we were on the you know? air, I announced that this was next week's episode on, <laughs> on Twitter. And there are people no, on there right now that are like, I started reading this series because of Matt's episodes. Oh, awesome. You know, awesome. you know, so it's not, 
you know, there's a cascading effect going on here. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the fact that we, you know, continually return to the Dark Tower, um, you know, here and there and only on special occasions, like when you come on, is uh, I, I think it's a, it's a, not only a treat for us um, and a treat for you as you work your way through them, but like the new uh, newcomers to the series are inspired mm -hmm. to read it. And the people that have been around the Dark Tower for all these years are just like thrilled to have these episodes. So. You know, this is this is a gift, you know, for us, yeah. for everyone else. And and we really appreciate you doing this. You know, I do just like as a, you know, my my, my son's 15, my daughter's 12. They're into an age now where I can like show them stuff for the first time. And there's such a joy in watching them discover something. Mm hmm that I love or experience something that I love for the first time. Like, I appreciate your, the restraint, your restraint of tongue, but also like, Oh, that's, I get that. So that's such a place that I am right now. Of Like, what can I turn my kids on to, you know? Uh, yeah. uh, and how great is it to watch something? Oh my God. You know, like it's so, it's such a, uh, um, it's, it's, it's such a blast. And uh, uh, I look forward to when this is all said and done, going back and listening to what I thought in the beginning and like, Oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. But, uh, but anyway, I appreciate you guys. Uh, uh, set me on my journey, man. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you very much for being here today. And here's hoping that you and your family have a very happy holiday season. And uh, from all of us to you and yours as well. Happy holidays, everybody. And uh, stay safe, stay sane. And uh, I'll see you on the path to the beam. Many thanks to Matt Fraction for joining us once again as he continues his long and arduous trek towards the Dark Tower. Yes. This Very is exciting a... to hear from Matt right here at the end of all things. <laughs> all things 2022, I should say. Anyway, yeah, dot, dot, dot. Dramatic pause. 2022. Yes. <laughs> so bringing the, bring the year in for a landing this week. Yeah. You happy we're... with how the year went? Oh, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is the year we got Stephen King. I mean, there's this is always going to be a banner year for us. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we, we maybe have peaked early in the year. Uh, I, I don't want to put down any of the people that have come on afterwards, though, because we've we, we've had so many new uh, voices some old friends have kind of come back. This is the year that we became besties with Flula Borg, you know, so. Yeah, you know, we were we were doing some sewing and now we're doing the reaping, basically. Mm. You know, it, it kind of feels that way. We have seen. A number of professional and personal relationships blossomed this year, and we got to do a lot of cool shit. We did a lot of live shows. We've got even more <laughs> planned for uh, 2023. Definitely an exciting year. Very exciting year. And I think we're going to be uh, starting 2023 off strong with a couple of, couple of banger episodes. Yeah, um, we, we have some in the bank that we can confirm our bangers, and we have some... Uh... What can we save? Some big fish on the line. And if uh, we end up uh, hooking them, then then uh, we'll start 2020. Then you'll like right. it. <laughs> then you won't be able to believe your pretty little ears, listeners. <laughs> great. Well, I think we this is a great time to kind of talk about that uh, next week's episode is going to be on cycle of the werewolf. So yes, uh, if it's been a minute, uh, you know, brush off your, your Blu-ray copy of silver bullet and dust off the gorgeous Bernie Wrightson illustrated, uh, cycle of the werewolf, uh, mm -hmm. on the shelf and, and get caught up because, uh, we're going to dive deep into some, uh, werewolf shit. We haven't touched this one in a while. And 
in this particular episode, mm-hmm. we uh, we we kind of focus on the creature feature aspect of uh, Cycle of the Werewolf slash Silver Bullet. Yeah. What does it take to make a great creature feature? That's sort of the, the, the question at the heart of this thing. And to do that, we brought in a guest who um, she's a screenwriter. Uh, she's been on the show before. Her previous film was a creature feature mm-hmm. of sorts. And her next feature, which is coming out very soon, uh, is also a bit of a creature feature, although not in the way you might be thinking. Mm. And uh, we are very excited to see that movie. And we were super hyped to uh, to speak with her again. She's rapidly becoming one of my favorite guests to have on the show. She can bullshit with the best of them. Just rat-a-tat-tat with that dialogue. Um, <laughs> love it when she's on. Uh, so very, very fun episode to look forward to next week, folks. Indeed. And, uh, you know, as always, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash thekingcast. Hundreds Entirely of episodes, too. commentaries, exclusive interviews. There's Mike Flanagan shit that's never been in the main feed that exists only there. You know, it's uh, it's worth your while. So, you know, six bucks a month, ten bucks a month. Uh, e- either one will will get you plenty of good stuff. The ten bucks will get you more. Uh, hours and hours and hours and hundreds of hours of, of content. For sure. Think of and, it like a streaming service, only it's all about King. <laughs> yes. And our dumb voices for, for multiple yes. hours. Yes. But uh, but yeah, well, I hope you you guys had a great 2022 and I hope your 2023 is even better. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Indeed, folks. We're glad we survived another year. Another year coming at you uh, in 2023. And we will see you all next year. The KingCast is a Fangoria podcast production. The show is produced, hosted and created by Eric Vespi. That's me. And Scott Wampler. Tira Ansley and Abby Goel are executive producers. Daniel Danger is our art director, and editing is done by yours truly.